again a little bit more on why that's happening in just a minute here this is episode 46 and with me this week i've got the usual well kind of an unusual crew this week actually so let's let's start with a oh oh, oh, there's another dead cat rob yeah all right obviously you hear rob's here with us hi (laughs) now that he stepped on me (laughs) and then uh so dan so we usually record on monday nights it's in fact tuesday right now uh Monday, Dan had kind of a blowout situation. I don't know, something about a mop, needing clean scrubs, some sort of stomach bug thing. I don't know. That sounded terrible. Uh, And then Tuesday, Dan decided, "Ah, you know, I'm feeling better today. What else could I do? I know I'll have two teeth removed. Uh, He's currently high as a kite on Oxy and recovering from the procedure. So I got to say, I tried really hard to get him to come on while high. Yeah, uh, as well as convince him to go shopping online and see what would show up in a week. And then I also tried to get him to change the name of our Facebook page to something he'll regret tomorrow. But uh, no <laughs> luck with any of those. All right. What about Scott? Do we have Scott with us? Mm, Scott, no go. No show. Yeah. Yeah. Scott's Scott's dealing with a thing at work, so he may join us later. He's hoping to. But uh, something exploded at the office, so he's taking care of that. And then lastly, has Devin rejoined us? He has nearly joined us. Sort of. What's crack a lacking? <laughs> hey, <laughs> welcome Rob McClellan, aka McToon, Devin's dad, to the podcast. So, oh, thank you very much. That was really nice. I like it. Yes, I, don't I like it. I was gonna. I said, "What's crack a lacking?" But you know, I don't know. Hey, that <laughs> well, now we know where Devin gets it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Devin. <laughs> Just a little bit, right? <laughs> Uh, actually, early in the days of hatching RCHN V3, and w- when we brought Devin on board, we talked about, like, hey, Devin says he's going to have some work travel and stuff. And we talked about McToon stepping in when that happened. And then we all kind of just got busy with life. And I don't know what happened, but we finally went, hey, wait a minute. We should have McToon on. So uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, he's going to step in as kind of a guest host this week. So we're bringing him in at the beginning of the show instead of just coming in as a guest. But uh, we're going to put McToon in the hot seat in just a minute and uh, dig into some history of both McToon, Devin, and the hobby. Try and hear some embarrassing stories from Devin's youth and uh, <laughs> dig into some heli fun. Uh, but before that, let's uh, let's get into a little bit of what we've been up to. So who wants to go first uh, and talk about kind of what they've been doing the last week or two in the hobby? Oh, Scott, 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 go first. Scott, RC, oh. RC cars, right? Oh, <laughs> I think he switched to sailboats. Oh, wait, he's not here. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sailboats. <laughs> sailboats, there you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, you spoke up, McToon. That means you're, a, you're in the hot seat. What have you been up oh. to the last week or two? 
Oh, yeah, what'd you do? Oh, Hobby busy, wise. busy, 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 busy. So, uh, I did a lot of flying. So, a lot. We went, yeah. uh, we went both uh, weekends. So, I don't know if you guys know, but I shoot professional fireworks. So, I had, I had two shows down uh, by Ocean County Hob- Ocean County Modelers. And we put the trailer down there about a month ago. So I went down there and did flying Friday, shot some fireworks Friday night, flew on Saturday, shot some fireworks Saturday night, flew on Sunday, and then came home. Yeah, buddy. That's <laughs> awesome. I can't beat that, dude. Oh, nothing like flying and blowing stuff up, man. It was fun. Yeah, combo, huh? <laughs> so it was good. It was good. So yeah, we, uh, I flew uh, Mike Longo's uh, T-Rex. Mike passed away last year. and. A bunch of us uh, bought some of his stuff, so I went out and flew that for a couple hours, nice. and flew the oxys for a while, and flew a kraken for a little while. So yeah, it was uh, it was cool. It was uh, it was good. So and we and I did that both weekends. So I was like, I got like six days of flying in. Woohoo! That's fantastic, man. Oh, it was like two fun flies. It was awesome. Yeah. Plus, Deep, if, if you're so. shooting off fireworks, you're getting paid for that shit too, man. That's exactly great. Exactly. So, yeah, it was uh, good. There was uh, six shows that I did, and uh, they all went good. I still have all my fingers. All my guys are good. And uh, the people were yelling and screaming at the end of the show. So it was, it was good. It was no, really that's good. awesome. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Because I love pyro and work with a bunch of pyro guys as well, professionally. But, like, what kind of firing system are you guys using? Is it all sort of automated and computer controlled at this point, and you're just holding a safety trigger that you let go if you want it to stop? Or yeah, it depends. If it's a bigger show, we can only shoot up to six inch shells in Jersey hand fired. Anything over that, we got to electronically fire. So I have a blaster's license for that. And if it's a real big show, like five, six hundred shells in a in a finale plus the body of it in the opener, we'll use a fire one system, which is all uh, computerized. So you just hit a button and it goes. So nice. You know, you can How long watch. Does it take you to to program the show programming uh i don't actually do that one of the girls in the office does that it'll, it'll take her a couple hours so to, nice. you know to get stuff done we shoot uh wildwood every week um i don't do that particular show but uh that's a that's a program show it's really cool so nice. sometimes sometimes to music so it's neat nice that's awesome yeah. man that's fun stuff yeah but the, the flying was better mm, yeah <laughs> Yes, understandably so. It was way better. <laughs> a little quieter, <laughs> I imagine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, uh, we actually night flew uh, last Friday night. We bought LEDs, and uh, we hooked those up to the generator, and we flew till about midnight. And uh, guys were out there, about seven or eight of us. It was, uh, it was good. It was really nice. good. So, yep, crawled into the trailer, went to sleep, got up at like seven o'clock Saturday morning and started flying again. So I was like, no. Yes. Did you have any near misses or anything like that during the weekend? Uh, I did not. Uh, everything that I did was good. Uh, I think Angelo put one in Friday night, I think. Oh. It, was, it was either Friday night or Saturday morning, one of the two. So, And uh, uh, John Reyes put one in pretty good. He put a protos in, so um, that, w- that left a pretty good divot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just shattered. So, yeah, yeah, but every everybody else was uh, was pretty good. We had a, we had a bunch of plankers there too, so we just ignored them. Um, <laughs> so, do you have two was, flight lines, or do you have to share? No, we share. We and we intermix with them. They they wanted to uh, you know have us fly and then them fly, and we were like, nah, that ain't happening. You either fly together, or you don't fly at all. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was all right. The only dangerous part is that most of them can't hit the runway, so you got to kind of have a spotter, you know, not so you don't hit each other's aircraft so they don't hit you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, right. I totally get that. We do the same thing in our field, man. We, yeah, we yeah, fly mixed yeah. all the time. Yeah. And yeah. there are some guys, and, you know, we know most of the plankers at our field pretty well. And when you see these specific people walk up to the flight line, like one of us is like, you look around and they're like, all right, cool. Nick's got it today. Like he's watching him. Yeah, I actually had my hard hat with me for uh, fireworks, so I put that on while I was out in the flight line, just in case. <laughs> so. We have an old guy that flies FPV, and we literally clear the whole flight line. Everybody lands, yeah, plankers, heli yeah. guys, and we yeah. all take cover because it's terrible. He's like strafed the pits several times. Yeah, you're like, we're going to lunch now. Let us know when you're done. <laughs> and he flies once and he's done so everybody's just like whatever let's get this over with exactly so it was it was actually a good turnout we probably had 15 guys there on saturday and, and sunday so and sunday that was kind of cruddy it rained here in the afternoon um so we got the morning in and then we saw the thunderstorms coming so we were like ah we're we're gonna head out so but it was good it was really good everything That's worked awesome. yeah i was i was happy so it was That's good. a great weekend man when you can mix work and play Oh man, nothing like, and, and the shows that I shot were down there. So it just made sense instead of driving two hours home both days or three days. Uh, I was, I just stayed there. It was great. So I was like, all right. Yeah. I got to say that the one thing I kind of missed from the whole pandemic thing was when I was doing a lot of studio based filming in Salt Lake City and the studio was like a half mile from a flying field. So oh. I would just get up and go fly for like two hours every morning and then I'd go to work and film. And if yep. the sun was still up, I'd go fly for another couple hours. It was awesome. That's, uh, you, you know, uh, you know what I flew most over the weekend was that damn Oxy 2. That thing, really? flies, that thing flies killer, man. Yeah. I, I was like, it is just rock steady. It, it'll do an, like anything. So it's, it's really good. I'm, I'm pretty impressed with that. So have you uh, gotten much time on the flash? I got, okay. So I took that with me for two fun flies while Devin was gone. And I put nice. about, uh, I probably put about 15 flights on it and it, you know, I can't, I don't fly 3d at all. I'm, you know, old man 3d and, um, it flies beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely beautiful. So I was, it was to, to watch what Devin does with that heli and then to fly it, you'd be like, how the hell does he get it to move like that? It's, it's <laughs> yeah. so stable. You know, uh, and balanced. It's like I it can't possibly do some of the maneuvers that he does. But you know, I guess what they say is uh, slow is fast. You know, that type yeah. of thing. So mm -hmm. yeah, but it was it was cool. It was cool. That is cool. You know, the heli's probably like, well, who the hell's flying me? <laughs> <laughs> Taking a nap in the air. It's like, yeah. It's like, wait a minute, my my parts aren't flying off. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> He's not oh, trying awesome. to break me. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, nobody's trying to break me. Oh, my God. So, What, what is this 1,700 RPM stuff? <laughs> oh, even lower. I turned it down to like 1,100. Oh, so, nice. Oh, yeah. Yep. So it didn't, talking it, my jam there. It, it did not like that head speed at all, but I don't care. I flew it anyway like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, it was just like you had to be really, really careful. You get you get too much sync. You weren't stopping it. <laughs> so, but it was it was good. It was really good. So it's a it's a nice heli. It looks good. It flies good. I mean, can't say good enough about it. So, and it I runs like it. apparently from like one thousand to nearly three thousand RPM. <laughs> there's there's a few there's a few RPMs 
in in between that it just does not like you start getting things start to shake and do some crazy things but uh yeah every helicopter's like that it's got it's got yeah. you know a certain rpm where it's just not happy so you just avoid that so, yeah, yeah it's like resonance yeah. peak yeah. kind of deal yeah yeah, yeah. so and it, it's funny because at like 1300 it's like borderline horrible and at 1340 it flies beautiful <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, weird how that works, a bit. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So it just hits that resonance, and it says, "Nope, not happening." <laughs> yeah, your canopy starts shaking, or the tail gets oh. weird, or you know. Whatever. Oh yeah, yep, everything. So it's like, all right, but you just fly through it. That's all. So it's not bad. And yeah. and and with me flying at like thirteen, fourteen hundred RPM, the flight times were like eight minutes. <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. You get bored of things. You're like, I what do I do now? Man. Yeah, you know, so, oh. and, and uh, honestly, the it's, I haven't done TikToks or anything like that, or even quarter pure flips or anything in a long time, and it did them so nice. I was like, wow, man. So, it's like, this is fun. So now I got nice. a set, I got a second one sitting here that I got to put together. I'm trying to get it together before he, uh, before we go to Urcha. So, see what nice. happens. Just don't so. let Devin touch it until after Urcha. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so most of the crazy, the real crazy low stuff he does with his HF. So yeah, was, yeah, yeah. The, the flash is more, it's like, uh, it's like his kid almost, you know, kind of nurtures it, still flies it yeah. hard and everything, but not quite as hard as he flies the HF. So yeah, I mean that HF, he's totally in tune with it. It's impressive to watch him fly at 3000 RPM. It is crazy. It is crazy. And it's, it's funny cause he'll fly it at, 25 and 27 and everybody's like wow is that 3000 and i'm like not yet and then he hits the <laughs> and he hits like flight mode three and he's like there i'm like that's 3000 they're like holy <laughs> shit <laughs> everybody kind of quietly takes one step backwards away from the flight line <laughs> you know it's it's funny they don't they actually move forward they're like oh. they like because when he comes when he comes in and does a quick pop and stop you know like in in front of everybody even when the heli's 20, 30 feet away, you can feel it. <laughs> You're yeah, like, yeah. man, it's that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's nuts. But hey, awesome. you know, they're meant to be flown. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. So. Your child is a machine on the sticks, dude. Yeah. Uh, good he, on you for making a great he, heli pilot. He, he flew uh, very basic stuff for many years to be like that. So he put his time yeah. in. So, you know, learned, learned all those different uh, uh, orientations and everything. And, you know, it's crazy. So yeah. absolutely pays, crazy. Pays to yeah. measure twice, cut once, right? The, the, the first maneuver that he did was out in Connecticut. It was with my buddy's T-Rex 700. And it was a uh, backwards inverted, um, what do you call them when you're just going around and around? Just a uh, hurricane? Hurricane, hurricane, that's it. Oh, yep. okay. So backwards inverted hurricane. And my buddy Errol's like, hey, check this kid out. And I'm like, wow, where'd you learn that? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn. So it was, uh, it was interesting. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah, so flying, flying, flying. That's what I've been up to. So, Well, I got some flying in too, I'm happy to say. Woohoo! Yeah, buddy. Nice. I, uh, we kind of finished out since last episode, a little family 4th of July vacation in South Carolina, out in Hilton Head. So that was nice. Um, completely screwed up the fireworks for the family. That was awesome. Like, oh, no. I picked the spot based on where the fireworks barge was supposed to be on the water. And uh, me and like 3,000 other people, too, uh, all chose the same park thinking we'd have a view and had a terrible view. 
And my wife was like, the one thing I put you in charge of this vacation, you fucked up. <laughs> this classic me. So um, anyway, we still had fun. <laughs> had a great little vacation. Uh, got home and kind of jumped into some boring crap. Uh, but if Scott's allowed to talk about RC cars, I'm going to talk about this shit for a minute. So I traded Tom Shin a three blade head that was terrifying me on the raw. I finally said, I just need to give this away. Uh, so I traded him the three blade head for a 3D printer. Uh, so got oh, yeah. that up and going. Been having some fun with that. Making some cool stuff or what? I can't believe you got rid of the three blade head. I mean, it was fun, but and for a minute we bonded. And then all of a sudden I just got really shy of crashing it. And I was like, this is pointless. Mm. Like I'm, I'm literally choosing different helicopters than this one because I just don't want to like put it in or whatever. I don't know. We just, after a while I was like, I'm going to take the raw black back to a two blade. Um, and I'm glad I did because it flies freaking fantastic. Uh, <laughs> and whatever. But yeah, I guess I could have kept it in a box, but whatever. Tom had the three blade head. I actually bought that three blade head off Scott Graham. Uh, if you can believe he owned a head for a helicopter he hadn't crashed for some amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably somebody else's after he crashed it. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was the only thing left. Exactly. Yeah, not, and that's because it flew off. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a good deal on it. I traded it for the 3D printer, which is cool. I've been printing some some basic stuff. I want to use the 3D printer as part of the scale helicopter project I'm working on. So that was kind of the motivation for that. So you can make uh, like little GI Joe guys and stuff, or what? No, I might print some just additional scale details you can glue to the outside, you know, cable cutters, antennas, things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Various other, you know, things that are on the outside of a helicopter. Um, it's a Coast Guard helicopter I'm building, so I might print like a, a winch um, kind of thing that you can glue onto the side. Um, Dude. So just some winch. cool details. So speaking of winch, check it out. I'm into like micro crawlers and like really small crawlers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Dude, they make some badass, like, real winches. You should put a real winch on that thing with the little rope on it, dude. Oh, that would be some so cool. Some people do, but this is only a 550 size, so it's going to be kind of hard on a seven or 800 size all day long. But anyway. Well, you don't have to pick anything up, really. It just, well, I guess, I don't know. It would be, you, with a 550, you could still put, like, a, a small winch. They make, like, one twenty-fourth scale winches, you know what I'm saying? And, I bet that would work. I don't know. I'll put, I put it you. on there and then, ha- then like attach a little mini GI Joe with it and let Scott Pira flip it around. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Take the GI Joe guy through the blades. Just, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was talking about that the other day. Some game where you had to like, had something tied underneath the helicopter. And I think he tried to do a loop with that tied to the bottom of the helicopter. I don't think that ended yeah. well. Shocking. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Bucket drop loop to loops. Uh-huh. The other boring project I did this week that I'm super excited about was terrifying. So I did this to my car and I literally had to take the entire dash apart, like every piece of trim. Oh. Like the car was like back to, you know, the assembly line where it's like a raw metal frame and a steering wheel. Oh, that's um, some scary stuff. Is it all going to go back together or what? It, it, no, it's already back together. But basically, I took the factory touchscreen in my Mazda CX-5 and installed this Apple CarPlay kit. So now I can use CarPlay instead of the built-in navigation in the car, which is old. Anyway, uh, you just had to install this little new USB module and all these cables in the dash, which, whatever. But the only way to do this was to take the entire dash apart. So waited till I had time, had the whole car in pieces all over my garage, and then it worked and, and actually got it back together. I was shocked. I'm like, I'm going to brick the whole <laughs> control system. I'm going to blow the car computer. I have to take this into the dealership, like, in shame. 
but uh, yeah, I tried. I tried to fix it, but I couldn't. <laughs> I, I tried magic to save three hundred bucks, and I cost myself a thousand. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kids turn it on. Happened. The kids turn it on, and the only thing coming out of it's porn now. Yeah. Exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. What's that, Dad? Nothing. <laughs> oh, I, actually, it was funny. Like usually, when I get a text in the car, I just ignore it because my phone just beeps. But my wife and I were in the car today. And it beeps and it's like display and she's like, aren't you going to check that? I'm like, nope. 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 Yeah. Mine, com- mine comes up from? with, mine comes up with who's calling and there's certain people I just can't answer. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. Exactly. I mean, it's not like I'm hiding anything, but there's just some inappropriate things that she does not need to hear. Yeah. I hear uh-huh. you. <laughs> but so I got all the boring stuff out of the way so I could have fun today. So my kids are both at sleepaway camps again this week i kind of live in the high life this summer i kind of want their life um right so they're having a ball and so it's just my wife and i here at the house which is fantastic so i went to go fly today so i was excited to get the raw nitro in the air again so mctune i don't know if you know but i just got my first nitro going uh i've only flown it i think three days worth of time so maybe have eight nine flights on it at this point maybe 10 or 12 so I was excited. I'm like, man, I'm going to get a ton of nitro flights in today. Uh, that was my goal. It's kind of midweek. There's not going to be a lot of people at the field. Uh, I was meeting Brian Birdsong out there to go fly. And I'm like, this is going to be awesome. So load up the car. Uh, oh, I should back up a second. So I've been having a bunch of weird bobbles on that nitro on the elevator axis. So I've got a V-bar Evo the new one in it it's in a doug darby metal case and it's got the hot glue fix and all of that but it's still doing weird bobbles in the elevator axis that persist so the tail's bobbing up and down and it's weird it doesn't start at the same time all the time so it's unpredictable you try and think like oh what causes it so i can try and tune it out and then you do the same thing that caused it last time and it won't repeat so it's kind of random um and it's persistent it won't stop until you change head speed so the tail's just shaking up and down up and down it's not like violent and you can still control the helicopter but it's annoying and i finally said all right i'm going to troubleshoot and the way i'm going to troubleshoot this after trying a bunch of head game tricks and other things to get rid of it unsuccessfully i'm like i'm just going to put a regular neo in it and see what happens um so this morning i got up really early to slap the neo on it before i went to go fly so this morning I was a little distracted and I'm like trying to get everything done. And I, I did some stupid safety shit that I guess we're going to talk about safety a little later. So I'll, I'll highlight my stupidity for your entertainment. So <laughs> we've all I, done it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I take the Evo off of the helicopter and I put the regular Neo on the helicopter. And then I just plug a receiver pack into the Evo so I can. And I have two V control touch transmitters here, the new one and the old one. And I'm literally going to just copy and paste all the settings over because I didn't want to risk taking an Evo file and trying to load it in a Neo. I didn't know what weird, unpredictable shit would happen if I tried that. Maybe it works. I don't know. I didn't want to try it. So I'm like, I'll just transfer the numbers over and then triple check the setup. So power up the Evo with just a receiver pack and then power up the new Neo in the helicopter. And things sound a little weird. And I'm like, what's going on? What is that weird buzz? And I'm like, fuck i still got the blade holder on the helicopter oops Oops. (laughs) you know it's six o'clock in the morning and so i frantically pull the blade holder off and spread the blades the servos are hot as fuck 
Um, I'm thinking we're figuring out where that little bobble's coming from. (laughs) (laughs) Right? But here's a testament to the expert servos that I have in there, and probably most modern servos, but the servos didn't give, the links didn't give, the blade grip didn't give, the elevator servo, like the bracket in the raw nitro was actually bending. Dang. Like yeah. from the force of like working against it. So miraculously it bent back. Like I didn't bend it back. It just relaxed back to the right position. And there's no damage to the servos. I triple check everything, feeling really freaking stupid. But Man. this is what happens when you're like halfway into your first cup of coffee and you're rushing to get to the field. You make dumb mistakes. So that was dumb mistake number one. But you had the blades on the right way, so that's good, right? Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. Was, that was promising. <laughs> That's a good start. And all the control directions and all the swash magically leveled, just transferring the numbers over. So all that worked great. And then I'm like, getting halfway through that, and I'm like, oh, fuck, you dumbass, you did it again. I forgot to pop the link off the throttle servo. So that's struggling because Uh, the endpoints on the throttle server are a little higher than they should be. So get that all checked out. Manage to not break the throttle servo or the linkage or the carb or any of that stuff. So whatever. So moral of the story is don't rush to get something finished before you go to the field. Leave it at home and, and do it later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Double check it, triple check it. Yeah. Like McTube yeah. said, slow is fast. Yeah. Slow is fast. Yeah. I don't usually make mistakes like that, but I guess it was a first time for everything. So anyway, enjoy my dumbassery. So <laughs> get that fixed. Triple check everything. Make sure everything's okay and I haven't broken anything. Like I said, miraculously, all that happened is the servos got a little warm. Uh, get all the helis in the car, batteries charged, get out to the field, uh, get a flight in on the electric to kind of warm up, and I'm like, all right, it's nitro time. And I was excited because this was kind of my first, like every time I've flown the nitro, I've had a bunch of nitro gurus with me. So I've had Chris Moss or Tom Shin or Sean's been around. Uh, not that I want to put Sean in that same category, but he's a good, solid nitro guy. Um, I'm going to get in trouble now. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I've had a bunch of smart nitro people around to kind of help me. Um, so this was the first time I'm like out on my own and, you know, the, the engine's tuned pretty well. Uh, I'm ready to go. So start the thing up. It fires right up um, and go fly. And it flies fantastic. Have a great flight. Uh, because it's got a new Neo in it, I have to retune it. So I kind of get some gains where they need to be, get the head gain in, tail gain kind of roughed in. Um, and I'm really kind of just trying to fly it around and get a feel for it and see what else I want to tune. And then all of a sudden I realize, hey, there's no bobble anymore. Hey. Huh. Well. Huh. So something in my bobble has to do with the Evo and its sensitivity. So whether, and I'm not saying the Evo's at fault here, and I'm not saying, like, it's highly possible that if I spend enough time in the Evo tuning that I could get rid of that bobble. The simple yeah. fact is I want to fly and not fuck around fixing that. So I'm going to leave the Neo in it. It works great. It flies great. Super happy. So finish that flight, land. I'm pumped. I'm like, hell yeah. There's like no wind at the field today. So there's this huge cloud of nitro smoke all over the runway. And it's drifted right under the shelter where the two plankers are, which I thought was hilarious. Uh Um, So I'm happy as a clam. And I go back to the bench and I'm like, yeah, let's fuel this fucker up and go again. Yeah. Uh, And then I look at my car and I'm like, motherfucker. You know what you need to fly nitro? What? Nitro. Nitro. (laughs) (laughs) Son of a bitch, I left it at home. I'm so, like, not 
a nitro guy yet, so I'm not in the habit of like, okay, you got your batteries, get your chargers, get this, get that. And yeah, I left the nitro at home. So yeah, you'll get. And this field is like 40 minutes from my house, so I flew the electric raw the rest of the day. Um, which I've got the S721 millimeter blades on the raw now, and I am loving it on the 721s. Loving nice. it. It's like I was just starting to groove with that helicopter today and just really got into flying it. Um, I don't know, just had a great day. I put six, seven flights on the raw uh, electric today and then just the one on the nitro and had a ball, man. It was beautiful weather. It was like 80 degrees, no wind. Uh, and for most of the time, it was just Brian and I there. So he would put up a heli flight. He's practicing for Nats coming up real soon uh, in F3C. So. He puts in one of his routine flights, and then I would go fly, and then he would go fly, and, and it was awesome. We were just chilling at the field and just having a heli day. It was great, man. Yeah. Um, so super stoked for that. Yeah, those are the best days, man. Flight after flight, and you're, you know, with two people there. Oh, man. Mm. Yeah. Just, yeah, yep. It's awesome. No annoying plankers coming over talking to us too much. It, it could have been a little bit better, though. So, you know, if you had, yeah. nit if you had nitro. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And the funny yeah. thing is, is like I've been looking forward to this day, knowing like, all right, kids are out of town. Yep, I can fly yep. for kind of a long time. Like I'm gonna go to the field for like six hours or so. Yep. And I'm gonna fly the crap out of the nitro. Yeah, no. I, I, <laughs> I've I've gotten my first flight in on a nitro and been like, wow, this is great. It's flying really good. And then the glow plug that's been in there for two years decides to take a shit, and I go to get one. I'm like, I don't have any. No. And I'm no. like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> I had those. Yep. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> gonna go hunting around for one yeah 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 you're you're like looking like hey can i borrow a plug you're looking on the ground you know because, <laughs> because a lot a lot of times guys will diagnose a, a mistuned motor as a plug and they'll pull it out and throw it on the ground and it's still good <laughs> yeah <laughs> scrounging around yeah scrounging around oh, so, that's funny yeah, yeah. <laughs> no i had that but uh, speaking of plugs i will make fun of myself further so I had trouble with my onboard glow, trouble meaning it caught on fire. So I pulled that and then I just put like a glow plug extension so I could really easily put a, a glow plug igniter, you know, like yep. one of those little portable ones. And flying the, the, the raw nitro, I had landed to tune something and accidentally shut the engine off. So restarted it um, flying around and I'm like, why does that look weird? What is that sticking out the side of the helicopter? And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Land, pull the igniter off. Go back up. <laughs> I, I bet. I bet it was running good. It was running great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so That's it's funny. laugh at me day today. But man, that was my day today. And then it's a uh, podcast night tonight. So good. Uh, good yeah. day in the hobby, man. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. That's dude. way cool. I like awesome. it. I like you, it. Rob. What have you been up to? Uh, some of the same. I uh, I got a couple of sessions where I got to do a little flight after flight, like you're talking about, and it was good. Um, let's see, let's start off by, uh, last week, uh, the 4th of July was pretty good. Uh, me and the family went out and there's this, um, lake, uh, just a little out of town of where everybody goes in this other smaller town and they do the barge, like you're talking about Nick out on the lake. And so we spent a few hours out there and then watched the fireworks. So it was a good time and came home and shot a few off and then all the neighbors shoot them off stuff like that, you know, but, um, and then, yeah, just back to normal life after that, um, working around the house and flying. Um, I got, uh, one day I got like five straight flights in on the 570. And another day I got another like three or four on that and two on the T-Rex 600. Um, just, you know, trying to 
pay attention to what I've been saying the last few uh, episodes, you know, to, uh, I'll find myself, I'll get out there and I'll be flying around. I'll find myself starting to try to hammer on it and do this kind of sloppy 3D stuff. And But I'm backing off of that and I'll just go and do some circuits, do like backward circuits or inverted circuits and stuff like that and just practice some of the basic stuff. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm dialing it in. You know, I talked a little bit last episode about the blades, you know, I had to get the different blades. Um, and I've got just the regular Rotatex, the 560s on there. And I tell you what, I don't know. I just like the way the heli flies all around in that. I feel like, um, it's more, I don't know. It's more fun to do like the big air sports stuff now than it was before. Before it was kind of a chore, but now it's just pack after pack of just huge loops and rolls and every now and then some TikToks and small pyro like in like my 20 25 foot ball way up in the air you know uh pyro flips here and there and uh just small things uh i've been trying to practice aileron TikToks. i can get like three or four in before i start to like drift the nose away so i got to work on like elevator input there but again that stuff i'm I, i'm trying to keep it in perspective you know um Rob McToon, you, you had mentioned Devin spent a long time, a lot of years doing a lot of those basic things, you know, and um, I can do some, some like uh, intermediate 3D stuff, you know, uh, but and basic 3D stuff, but it's all super sloppy. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm happy to sit back in the more basic stuff now, I think, you know, and I'm having a lot of fun doing that because I can execute all the stuff um, a lot better than trying to push out a maneuver that's like a little bit above my pay grade, you know, just because I can do it in the sim mostly doesn't mean I can do it in real life, you know, or do it well enough to have it be part of like a routine or, or have it be down low enough to be exciting or any of that, you know, but still, you know, I'm still having a lot of fun doing all that stuff. And that park just right around the corner from my house. So it's an easy drive with uh, a couple of bags of batteries, you know, um, so yeah, I had a few sessions like that this week, um, all the way up till today, just before, uh, we recorded, um, I did one of those, uh, endurance flights on my T-Rex 500. I just turned the head speed way down. I don't know why that, what my bank one is at actually, I'd have to go look, but it's, it's really low. Um, McToon, you had mentioned about, you flew that oxy kind of, uh, the, the flash with a really low head speed to where, you know, if you were coming in a little too hot you weren't going to catch it you know i don't think i had mine that low but still i can pull like eight and a half minutes i just run my timer I, normally it's at 4 30 so i guess nine minutes i normally it's at 4 30 but with this big ass uh 4 000 milliamp pack and the low head speed on it i get i just hit the timer twice yeah that's out. cool ain't it it's like a nice long flight yeah so. yeah it's kind of nice yeah. you know? yep. just do long circuits and then i hear the timer go and i get into a hover routine hit the timer and then just do it all again just do some hovers for a little while do some circuits and my backyard's big enough where the doing lazy circuits and lazy eights and stuff i can do that with maybe up to a 500 before it starts to feel congested you know so it's perfect so had a good time tonight right before recording but yeah that's cool my logo 700 my look yeah do i have an extreme 700 that one i'll turn down to like 800 rpm 8 900 rpm on it and it's like you got like all the stick just to hover so you're, you're you know and it, yeah. and you start getting you start getting the thumping like dun, 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 as, as the blades yeah. are going around you're like yeah this is cool yeah. 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 i gotta try that man yeah. i love my logo 700 at like 1300 rpm 
you get like nine minutes or something and it flies fantastic yeah turn it down to where it'll just hover just just about hover it almost full stick and then try to fly it around mm, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep you yep. can't make me i'm not crashing yep. that helicopter again ever oh uh, come mm. on it's plastic fantastic it's easy to fix so you break the torque tube bevel gears which suck to get to yeah that, yeah that it does you so. gotta crack the shell yep <sighs> yep <laughs> yeah so pretty standard week and uh amidst all of that you know everybody knows i work in the overnight hours and uh when there's lulls here and they're all sim so i probably got a good probably four or five hours of simming in the week you know and a half hour here an hour there kind of deal you know so it's keeping the thumbs warm hopefully i don't get carpal tunnel before i get good oh yeah. Do that. yeah yeah that's my story and i'm sticking to it that's my week You'll be all, you'll be all arthritic with your fingers all, I'm going to go fly my helicopter. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'll bring back the crack maneuvers because my fingers will just be all like yeah, extra yeah. sharp yeah, and shaky. Yeah. yeah they'll be yeah. like, Hey, you're, you're doing crack maneuvers. You'll be like, I am. Oh, yeah. oh, no. We're just okay. ARP. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be like, I can't fly. I can't fly in real life anymore. Oh, I know. And then you're going to bring an office chair out to the field and you'll be like, all right, now I got yeah, it. Yeah. There you What's go. that maneuver called? That's called, I just dropped my teeth and can't find them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit. I love it. Right. I love it. Hey, listen, basics, basics, basics. Even if you can fly good 3D, mm -hmm. go back. Just keep going back to the basics. Not yeah. for, not for like a whole day or weeks or something. Just one of your three out of four flights a day just yeah go out go out there and just hover in all all four orientations right side up and inverted yeah i'm finding Man, it today like yep. i was just you know i had a moment in a flight where i was doing just a few circuits and figure eights and stuff and then i caught myself and i was like god damn it and then i forced myself to work on clockwise hurricanes because for whatever reason i just could not do them today mm. like counterclockwise were great you know i could control the size and, and the height for the most part um, and keep them nice and smooth. But man, my clockwise, I was just overcorrecting with aileron and it was like rotating into the circle, whatever. Anyway, yeah. Brian was, he's like, what are you doing as I'm going round and round and round and round and round for like three minutes? And I'm like, I'm pissed off because they look terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making the heli dizzy. I'm mad at it. Yeah. You, you got to go back and work on that stuff. Going to make yeah, that heli your bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say though, you're, you're right though. Kind of keeping back down to the basics is is really starting to pay off a little bit because I noticed one thing. I don't know, like a, a bunch of episodes back, I we were talking about I think basic maneuvers or something, and we were talking about the PPP or, or and we were talking about some other stuff. And I made this just random comment, and I think it was a little exaggerated. But I was like, yeah, just sit there and and if you can do like a thirty second slow hero. You know, like start nose in and go all the way around and come back nose in 30 seconds. I'm realizing that's harder than I thought to hover in one spot for and slow enough to go 30 whole seconds of continuous rotation. Every now and then you got to stop a little bit to catch your hover. And then, you know, um, and I'm not all the way to 30 seconds yet, but I can do it probably like 10, 15 seconds, you know, a nice slow pyro over the top of my um, fire pit, which is, it's probably like an eight foot diameter fire pit, right? Um, and I am impressing myself and I'm getting better at even just, um, I just feel really comfortable at being able to do a slow pyros 
and move the heli to a other position on the field at will. You know, I want to do a, a like a slow pyro circuit, or I want to do a just move it over to the left and pyro and sit there, and then move it out in front of me, and then kind of go up. And I feel like I'm getting almost to where when I'm hovering and I can move it to where I want. I can do that while I'm heroing now too. So, and I'm not trying to. I, I'm doing my best not to get super excited with that and start doing stupid shit like stirring the uh, cyclic at the same time or anything, you know, because I sort of know how to pyro flip. And now I know how to pyro like wander, I guess you could say. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm still, I, I'm still aware that I'm pretty far away from combining both of those things together. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I still like it. it. It's fun. It puts a nice smile on my face. Just use a whole pack, just slowly, just heroing around like I got the trim on my tail or something, you know? And halfway through, go do it the other way and just, yeah, it's good. That is good, man. One of the best tips I got early in, in my time in the hobby uh, was if you use, if you're on the sim and you're doing your basic hover training, most simulators have a mode where the helicopter is kind of inside a circle and the goal is to keep it inside the circle. And if you go outside yeah. the boundaries, it restarts you or whatever. But in real flight, there's one of those. And somebody said, put two clicks of rudder trim in and then just stay inside the circle. So in the sim, the rudder trim just gets you in this nice slow pyro. And then you would just chase it around. And, you know, instead yeah. of doing left, right, nose in, tail in, you just start doing your hover orientations in this slow pyro as soon as you, you know, get those basic four roughed in. And yeah. it just really teaches you how to correct the helicopter. Is it, is it that a variety of orientations? And it's frustrating as hell when you first start. Um, but <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> once it starts to click, it's awesome. And it's a great skill to have. It feels neat too, because now I'll, watch, I'll be watching my heli and I'll, I'll, just think in my head i want to be over on that side of my yard and i'll just start doing these little micro little taps with the cyclic just little nudges various spots and i started this whole progression where every time the nose was pointing almost to the direction i want i'd give a little tap and by the time the nose and i would start this drift that way but now it's just i can give this little small continuous input no matter which direction the tail is i'm i'm without thinking about it i'm tapping that cyclic just because you know how you basically, when you're doing it like that, you're just nudging just just into the pressure on the cyclic stick. You're not even really jumping into the cyclic very far. At least I'm not, you know, with, with where I got my rates or whatever. But so just very little bit, you know, forwards, backwards, left and right, and this and that, just these little bump, 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 bump. And then I'll be aware of it. I'm like, holy shit, my thumb is just kind of doing its own thing here, you know, and it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. Well, that's good, man. When it gets automatic, that's when like, progress starts happening. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. They said fly helis. It'll be fun. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it comes with homework. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. I know. Dude, we used to sit in the rain with the heli flying. In, I had this old Ford Econoline 100 van, and it was 72 megahertz. We would sit in the van with the antenna out the window <laughs> in the pouring rain with the heli flying. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm flying this thing. It, it was a, it was a nitro. It wasn't electric. Who cares, right? And uh, oh, oh, the stuff we did. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, That's we're pretty... gonna ask you a little bit about that in just a little bit. But uh, cool. Let's uh, let's knock out some news first. Good news. The news. Good news. The news. The news for all the newsworthy listeners of news. We don't need no stinking news. Hold on, hold on a second. I'll save you a lot of time. Uh, Mikado doesn't have their stuff yet. 
They do, actually. Oh. Do they really? What? Oh, wow. I actually wasn't yeah. planning on putting it in the news because I get tired of talking about Mikado all the time. Yeah, exactly. But on their Facebook yep. page today, uh, Monday, was a pile of Evos, regular V-bars, V-basic receivers, and a pile of V-control Evo transmitters. So bunch of inventory some of it's for back orders but i think you're going to start to see in stock at mikado usa on a bunch of those items so cue all the nerds sitting in the window for the next three to five days right yeah so if everyone hasn't bought everything between monday and friday when this comes out uh head over there right now if you need any of that stuff before it's gone again you know there's only like 10 guys in the world that are going to be able to feel the difference right yes <laughs> <laughs> so, so far the only difference i've noticed and, and, is and, a bobble i don't want yeah exa exactly and and none of them we're talking to right now <laughs> so, you know maybe if scott if scott comes on there there's one yeah and, <laughs> so, i don't know i bet Devin can tell the difference for sure oh yeah so there's two yeah that's two that's two but yeah yeah, it, yeah. It, it might it might be wasted on me who knows i might end up selling mine uh we'll see and just stick with the regular neos but I'm gonna yeah. play with it for a while first. I gotta throw one on, on an electric and mess around. With it. Uh, the one that one that we got is is working great. So I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tune I on. think it's purely because it's the nitro. I, I, and who knows? It's very possible it's it's me. Maybe there's a nitro vibration from something I did wrong. So see, you should have filled it all the way to the brim with glue. <sighs> Just, I mean, it flies great on a regular neo. Is all I can say. The hot glue has to ooze out when you stick it together. <laughs> you have to burn your finger as you squeeze the top and bottom of the case. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> A grand flesh. What happens when you, what happens when you have to take it apart? I guess you're not. That's <laughs> hot glue. It'll break apart. That's true. That's true. I mean, that's what I pour all over the wires in my flybarless. I just just ooze out hot glue all over it into one mass, and it peels off easy when you take it out. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> it's better than Shugu. That stuff's nasty. I use Shugu. <laughs> you can so, have it. I just use a little bit though. Not you don't need to like make it look like you sneezed all over it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I would describe the amount of hot glue I use. Like I yeah. sneeze real bad. Yeah, yeah. 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 It looked kinda like Dan was over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his, his use of Shugu is legendary. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh, and he's not here to defend himself. That's, we, won't bust, right. we won't bust on him too bad. Oh. All right, let's kick into some news again. So, Heli Pirate extraordinaire Kyle Stacy has recently posted a photo of himself with a JR transmitter and team shirt and has announced he's joining the JR team as a sponsored pilot. Uh, for now, he's just flying the transmitter, but he's going to be flying the new uh, JR fly wireless that Nick Maxwell is working on. As soon as one becomes available to him so congrats to you kyle i'm uh, i'm excited to see what he has to say about the new fly list and it's kind of awesome that they're starting to expand the team and get more kind of top tier guys playing with it yeah yeah i can't wait to see more about that thing too i've always liked jr yeah i uh i started with jr in the hobby like when i was flying sailplanes i went through three transmitters what did i have 783 i think a 9503 that number might be wrong and then a 10x mm -hmm. which yeah. was awesome Loved those transmitters. Um, yeah. I think it was the 9503 because that was the one that came with the backlit blue backlit LED screen. The 9303 wasn't backlit. Yeah, that's why I started with the 9303 72 megahertz. Uh, no, a 701 and then a 9303 and then the 9303.4 before it finally died. Yeah, I was pretty much all 72 megahertz. 
we got a guy at our field that still flies 72 megahertz and he holds it like a divining rod like ha- arms at full extension like pointing the <laughs> antenna at the airplane it's, it's awesome to watch <laughs> yeah he <laughs> cracked <laughs> we call him the diviner and everything he flies is is like nitro but it's like little cox mini engines where you start and then you fly it around until it runs out of gas and then coast it in that's great um, it's hilarious <laughs> it's funny too because like you said he points it at the at the helicopter or the at his uh his bird while he's flying it. Which is the worst thing you should do yeah, with seventy two right, megahertz. <laughs> right. It's like this void in the middle of the cone right there. He's just pointing yep. the dead zone right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just be, be, point it at the ground. Come on. Yes. Don't point the antenna at the airplane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. There's some great characters at our field. Uh but back to JR here. So speaking of this flybarless unit, Nick Maxwell has been sharing some more uh, details about the flybarless lately. Uh, the first detail is unlike what he said to us when he was here on the podcast uh, a little while ago, it will not be available at Urcha. So if you're planning on going to Urcha and picking one of these up to try, you're going to be out of luck. It sounds like, uh, sounds like they have the hardware pretty much done, uh, but the software and the interface integration is kind of still under development. Um, so, uh, they're going to get to watch him fly it, right? Oh yeah. He's already flying it. He'll be flying it at worlds as he competes. Yeah. Uh, He's been flying it at a number of fun flies already. I'm sure Kyle Stacy will have one probably by the time of Urcha. I'm guessing there, but I hope so. So people can at least lay eyes on it and watch it. Yeah. You just won't be able to buy one yet. Well, you really can't see anything because he's got it. I think he's got it all taped up anyway. So it's just this yeah. big oh, covert, like black thing of goo. So yeah. yeah. And even if you yeah. could see it, it's going to look like a circuit board. With yeah, exactly. It, you so. can't tell anything. When we were doing the uh, all of the development on the Max Flybarless system, we went through hundreds of firmware versions. Hundreds. They would send it to me. I'd load it, and it'd be like, "Wow, yeah, you fixed that, but you broke this, this, and this." Yeah, you know, and then it would—it was just—it was crazy, and it was just months and months and months. So yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like Ma- Nick Maxwell really enjoys that process. He loves. Oh yeah, can, like yeah. Fire off a request, get new firmware overnight, and then get to test it the next morning, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That does he, sound fun. He has shared a few more details about it, though, so we've learned a little bit more about the gyro. Uh, so it's going to be sold both by JR as well as directly uh, via Nick Maxwell Products. Uh, the Nick Maxwell products version may have some slightly different uh, software or firmware to allow uh, for a variety of external receivers to be used with the gyro. So if you want to try the uh, the flybarless out and you don't want to commit to purchasing a JR radio uh, and are running, you know, Futaba, Jetty, not sure what the full list of transmitters that will be supported uh, nice. receiver-wise, but uh, you'll be able to try the gyro out, which is great. Um. And then he talked a little bit about kind of what's coming up in the plans for the gyro. So at the initial release of it, there's uh, there won't be any online updates, meaning like, you know, Wi-Fi and the gyro and you just update it through the transmitter kind of stuff. Uh, you won't see any cloud based data storage and you won't see rescue. Uh, all of those things are on the feature list plan for the you know hopeful future. Um, you know, they're definitely on their radar and in, and in the long term plan for the gyro, they just won't uh, be in place at release. But it will have a governor at release time. It can handle uh, multi-blade rotors as well. So for scale guys, if you've got a you know Chinook or whatnot, it'll handle those without any trouble. Uh, the gyro will interestingly allow you to adjust uh, gains and settings for both aileron and elevator independently. 
uh, with separate adjustments for each. In fact, Nick went on to say that you could even adjust if you wanted to, I don't know why you would, just the behavior when it's aileron to the left versus to the right. So it sounds like you're going to be able to drill down and tune the living daylights out of this thing if you want to. Uh, the gyro will support up to five banks, which is great. And this is my favorite part coming from V-Control. The settings all stay with the fly barless, similar to V-Control yeah. setups. So it all lives in the gyro. You just bind a transmitter to it, and then boom, you're done. So the transmitter is really just kind of a remote control. All the settings are going to live in the gyro, much like the way uh, V-Control and the Neo works, which is awesome. So any JR transmitter can just bind away and then go fly. Dude, that's cool. And the fact that um, there'll be a version of it that you can connect other receivers uh, to the fly barless unit, I think is awesome. You know, I got to say, like, uh, when Spirit was coming out, for some reason, I I don't know, maybe I wasn't paying enough attention, but I felt like at some point that was going to be available to other receivers. You know what I mean? Um, but to hear this one is going to be is really cool. Because you can try it, and then if you want to go full circuit, you know, you get the transmitter too later. Yeah, and it, it sounds like release date for this, probably a couple months after Urcha, is sounding like a loose goal at this point. But obviously, you know, originally Urcha was the goal, but, I, you know, I think Nick is and JR are very much interested in getting this thing right. So they're not going to release it until it's ready. Yeah. Um, so we'll stay tuned for more updates on that. Also, the Nick Maxwell product version that will accept different receivers. I'm unclear if the timeline is the same for that one or that one will come out a little bit later. So not sure about, you know, how soon that version will be available. But, uh, you know, Nick will keep sharing info and uh, we'll keep sharing it with you all as we hear more. And I got to tell you what, I've been kind of wanting to try a new fly barless unit. The stuff I've got, kind you know, it's a little old, right? Um, but I've been holding out because anything else that's new is all basically you got to buy the whole shebang. So for sure, once this thing comes out, when I go to buy a new fly barless unit, that's the one I'm going to try first for sure. Yeah, it's kind of kind of an exciting time in, in the fly barless world. Um, you know, after kind of a period of time where we've sort of had the same fly barless for a while, we've now got the Evo, we've got the JR unit coming out, we've got the whole Spirit Radio and some updates to their fly barless coming out. Um, you know, yeah. some cool stuff yeah. on the horizon here. Yeah, and I, and I still have a JR radio. Go Ooh. figure. What do, you, what do you got? I have an XG8. Oh, nice. So. Yeah, it's flew that. I'm still flying it, flying it in a couple airplanes. So I actually, when I started flying V bar, it was a mini and a silver line, and it was on the XG8. I just used the satellite receiver. Nice. Yeah, it flew great. So the only thing that sucked is you had to, you know, you wanted to adjust, you had to go to the computer, but it wasn't all that bad. So yeah, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, the V controls weren't even out yet. So I was like, all right. That's the thing. We're spoiled now. So I, Oh, Moving yeah. away from oh. that will be very difficult for me. Yep. Yep. So I'm not totally opposed to it, but and if the JR system is really good at initial, like I don't know, Nick made some claims. I don't know. Claims is the wrong word. Nick said that for most folks, once you get through the initial setup, you know, it won't require a lot of additional tuning. Um, yeah, as long as they don't follow like Futaba, I'll be good with it. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> that was that's just like you want pain man <laughs> dude i know i tried it i i tried i tried the 16iz i tried the 32mz i tried the 760 and i got so frustrated because i'm like none of this is intuitive 
Like, no. yes, someone no. can tell me I have to go to this menu, click this thing, go over here and type this. But I'm like, I don't, my brain doesn't get it. It doesn't make sense. Well, it seems understand. like all the guys that know how to do it, when you go up and ask them, they'll grab your transmitter and they do it so quick. You can't learn how to do it. Yeah. It's, it, and it's like, here you go. It's all fixed. It's like, no, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> I want to be able to do it, you know? And, um, and if they, they're great at it, they fly good, but boy, I, I, I struggled. I struggled with it and I gave up. So. I mean, I don't even have that excuse. I had like written step-by-step -step instructions and, and like guys leading me through it, not doing it for me. And I still was like, nope, my brain just doesn't work this way. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. So, so I'm really curious to see what the setup is like on the JR fly wireless, you know, what that interface, because yeah, sure. It's cool that it does the same thing that V control does where you tune it from the radio and set it up from the radio. But if that menu system sucks and the same is true for spirit. Like, if you get the interface right, you're going to sell a ton. But if, right. if it sucks and it's not intuitive, then nobody's going to buy it. Yeah. Yep. So, we'll see. And then it's hard, too, because, you know, if you're Nick Maxwell, I'm sure you want to offer a lot of really advanced features. So, you got to get the interface not only right, but then you got to have all the advanced stuff, and you got to kind of hide the advanced stuff so the beginners don't dabble in it and, like, figure out how to build your menus where it makes sense and smart people can dig deeper and novices can just, you know, touch on what they need to. Yep, they they need to get it where the initial setup is really close because that's going to cover eighty percent of the people out there, and they'll think, "Wow, this is really good." And then the pro pilot or the advanced, really advanced guy can go in and really tune it. You know, that'll capture it. So yeah, that'd be that'd absolutely. be really cool. So, you know, that's one thing I liked about Mikado. You could you could you know you could turn around and tell it it's a logo seven hundred and and go fly it, and you're like, "Damn." <laughs> That's not bad. No, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I was shocked how little additional tuning I did when I put a Neo in my Logo 700. I was like, whoa. Yeah, it's crazy. It's great. It's crazy, isn't it? So. Like, I basically just, like, tweaked agility and style to my liking, and then I was done. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was wild. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, and speaking of JR, there are new servos that Nick's been using that uh, run with the, well, they can run on analog as well, but they run on the Xbus digital protocol and are crazy fast uh, those should be released soon as well still haven't seen pricing on those but uh we'll probably see that very soon he's been showing this video where he basically picks up the helicopter by the swash plate and the servos don't make any noise and it doesn't move and, and some cool stuff so those things are crazy fast and then he was flicking the collective stick up and down and the rate the servos move is is impressive on expo um you know the way he was talking about it it sounds like the the limiting factor is actually the resolution of the servo gears. It's not the radio. It's not the fly wireless. It's not the speed of communication. It's that, you know, the servo gear has a certain amount of slop in it. And that's the limiting factor to getting any faster or more precise, which is cool. All right. Let's do some other RC Heli podcast news. Now, we don't often talk about other radio control helicopter podcasts, but got a little bit of info to share here. I'm happy to say Telerotor finally released another episode after taking almost six months off. Hey, they're back. It's about time, Mr. Lewis. Uh, and uh, the Heliheads uh, released their 100th episode. So uh, if you want to hear the Telemotor gang work towards the end of their CGY Bias Flybarless review series, or the Heliheads pat themselves on the back for hitting 100, give those a listen. Uh, but seriously, though, congrats uh, to the heads on reaching 100, and uh, welcome back, Telerotor. Let's, uh, let's hear more from you. 
All right. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Content is always good. Yeah, the, the more the merrier uh, in the hobby, truthfully. Um, more of us doing what we do, the better. Definitely. All right. So in this week's huh moment, uh, Radio Master has released a new transmitter called the Boxer, which is available with a transparent case with built-in LED lights that have a glowing ring around the gimbals. Hmm. Why exactly do we need this? So the Boxer is actually not new. It's been around for a little while. I'm a drone head, so I know these things, and I fly Radio Master. Oh, well, maybe I don't know about the maybe case, it's the though. case and the lights. Yeah, the lights, they've had these, like, ring lights for a while, and I don't know why the FPV world liked it. I almost bought a set, but I'm like, I'm just going to use my battery power for transmit yeah. <laughs> instead. But the clear case, I, I guess that's, a, like, a retro take back to, like, early 90s pagers and, <laughs> and shit. <laughs> it's funny. They, showed, they didn't show the finished product, but there's a little video about this transmitter. And they actually show someone taking the whole faceplate of the radio off and then spray painting the inside like you'd paint an RC car body. So maybe uh, Scott's going to want to pick one of these up. Hey, a masterpiece. <laughs> and then hey, he, he, can a hustler, a he can have two glowing rings. Glowing Dude. rings, yeah. He's a hustler, though. Yeah. See, he could just be like, he could get one and paint it, and all the drone guys will go fucking bananas and pay him yeah. hundreds of dollars to do that to their boxers, you know? They'll go buy the clear one, they'll toss their black one and get the clear one so scott graham can paint him a killer ass boxer case yeah buddy yeah get that yeah, he crashed he is crashed my heli because the battery died in my transmitter yeah he is that he is bright. that guy he is that guy that goes "Ooh, it's bright shiny look <laughs> 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 i like that <laughs> well and see it's weird because in the fpv world like you're inside a set of goggles anyway so at least you aren't going to see that and maybe it's for the spectators that like can only see the drone for like two seconds before it's gone and they can only hear it and they're just standing around like okay this is fun and oh that's a neat transmitter with some glowy lights i don't know yeah. maybe i think in the heli world it would just distract me some this like this glow coming up off the, the screen even like in low light like when it's getting like dusk my radio master the screen is really bright and i just gotta i set up uh some functions to use my dials for the brightness and i just reach up and i turn the brightness down and cause it's too bright so I could imagine them LEDs would be like way bright. Yeah. Have you ever have you ever seen what all of us do to you when you have those FPV goggles on? <laughs> <laughs> do I dare ask? Oh, no. Have somebody video it sometime. You'll be like, I'm never flying that again. <laughs> I have some great pictures of Sean Hall at Dragonfly. We were getting his VR goggles set up with his simulator mm. uh, in the trailer. And I have some photos of him, like, walking around in his VR goggles that, I'm, that I'll use at some inopportune moment. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There's, there's just no looking cool when you're under the hood like that, man. No. No. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Oh, boy. Uh, what was it? Oh, you know my JR radio? The XG has got this, I think it's a blue light when it's on. And when you fly at night, that light is blinding. We used yeah. to take we used to we used to take a piece of black electrical tape and put it over the top of it because you, you 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 couldn't fly. It was like oh, you're trying to tip the radio like it's so it's not in your face and everything. It's like okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a bright blue flashlight yeah. shining yeah. in your eyes. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So in some other news now, uh, Goose Guy has announced a partnership with Hobbywing ESCs. Uh, such that they'll be releasing rebranded Goose Guy ESCs for their helicopters, 
So similar to what Line and Futaba have done with Hobbywing. Uh, so for now, the first, and maybe only, I have no idea, uh, is going to be a Goose Guy 60 amp ESC. So not many details yet, but you can essentially assume that any feature in the Hobbywing 60 amp ESC will probably be present in the Goose Guy version. Not sure, don't have any answers on telemetry yet. Um, and I also don't know, uh, before anyone asks, if it will bolt into the frame the way that the Goose Guy ESC does in the RS4. Uh, just know that it's Hobbywing hardware with Goose Guy branding, and uh, it's a good thing. Yeah, that is a good thing. You would hope that the guys at Goose Guy would be like, hey, yo, make sure the holes match, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I, it's probably like it is with, you know, any number of things. It's just a, a new case on the outside, and everything else is exactly mm-hmm. the same, and telemetry and all that will work the same. But So we're talking about, because the Goose Guys, we're talking about the one with the big motor in it, right? Um, so I wonder, is there, I have no idea what the pull count is on that motor, but I feel like it's a lot higher than like our regular motors. And so maybe there's a change in the firmware there. If the standard hobby wing firmware can't hit that pull count or am I talking out of my ass here? Well, I think that firmware tweak has already happened because there's folks running the hobby wing ESCs on the raw 420 and, uh, what else has got that pancake motor raw 420 OMPM four, uh, you know, all these new three eighties coming out with the pancake style direct drive stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Word. I think okay. everybody's kind of had to make adjustments for. Yeah. I think they had, a, they had a workaround for that at first. I don't remember yeah. exactly what it was, but no, I don't either, but I just remember there was a solve that was like a, a bandaid basically. Cause yep. Yep. you know, we're a small hobby. We can't react that fast and nobody knows about it until the release comes out. Um, you know, like right now, what we'll talk about with the RAW 500 in just a little bit here uh, is going on in the motor world. But first, I have some awesome news to share that I'm really excited about. So we got some great news, or I got some great news on the Atlanta radio control field front. So if you've been following the podcast, you know that my local field where I like to get in uh, lunch flights has been in all kinds of problems with protesters and the city shutting the field down yep. in order to keep us safe and all kinds of craziness going on and protests people lighting construction equipment on fire, whatever, lots of shenanigans. Anyway, our club leadership has been in touch with the city of Atlanta in hopes of reopening our field. So for now, the city wants to keep the field closed for a little while longer. There's still a bunch of protest activity going on, but construction started, things are starting to settle down. But there's great news. The city has decided they're going to help us rebuild the club. Yeah, so dude. It's, yeah, they're basically, because all these parcels of land are all attached to this, this what's called the Cop City Project with the big police training center and other emergency services training centers, there's all this equipment and all this building going on. They're going to work on our club at the same time and improve it as part of the park. So it <laughs> looks like, and it's not official official, but it's damn close. We're going to see a new runway. So brand new runway being put in. They're going to clear more trees uh, to give us more flying space. Yeah, fuck you, tree people. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, Cut them down. And I'm, I should preface this by saying I'm a big environmentalist, but I'm pissed off at these people. So fuck yeah. them. Um, they're going to replace the shelters that were torn down and built into barricades. And nice. because we were like, well, what if we just ask for stuff and see what happens? They're going to run <laughs> power to our field. Yeah, dude, yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Charging at the field. Huge. Yay. Yay. So no more dragon generators down there. Well, I think they're probably only going to run power to the, the planker side because we have two flight lines, a heli one and, a, and an airplane one. So whatever. We have to walk over there and charge and then no big deal. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Still awesome to have power out there. So lunch yeah. flights will be in the future at some point. Obviously, the field's going to be shut down further once the construction starts on the new runway, et cetera, and clearing the trees and stuff. So who knows? Could be another six months. They may open the field to us and let us fly until they start construction on the improvements. But uh, either way, it's great news for Atlanta RC. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, once that starts to happen, we can get our membership back up because we lost a significant portion of our membership. Um, through these difficulties so great news for atlanta rc dude nick that is awesome you guys and that field and just that whole like part of everybody's life that you're just trying to live and go have just some tame fun with your friends got totally and utterly destroyed earlier this summer you know what i'm saying and you guys had to put up with a whole lot of stuff and i tell you what karma's a bitch but you know you guys you know did what you had to do you, you stuck through it and now it's coming back full circle for you and it's like almost like a reward for putting up for all of that stuff dude it's going to end up the flying field the whole thing is going to be better than it was before it, and it's not like anybody would have wished for any of that shit to happen to you guys but dude i tell you what you know it couldn't have been a better outcome i think in the end for something like that to happen to y'all's flying field and i can't wait until that place is in full effect and you guys are able to have a nice big ass fun fly and everybody can celebrate the the new ground. You know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. That'd, I'm, that'd be cool. We'll come down for that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. it'd be awesome. Actually, yeah. we're still working on an Atlanta area fun fly. It won't be at that field. It would be somewhere else. But uh hopefully we'll get our act together and have something to announce for next year or the year after. We'll see. Uh but huge shout out to the Atlanta RC club leadership. So Sean and Chris Moss, uh, different Sean. Uh, Chris Moss, uh, I want to say Brad, I'm going to get all these names wrong, so I'll stop there. But anyway, uh, the club leadership's been awesome in working with the city, keeping all of us surprised and uh, getting themselves involved in these meetings and uh, being able to work this out with us. So thanks to all those guys. Yeah, all good right. on you guys, man, for sure. Uh, a couple quick hits here. Uh, if you've been waiting on the Align TB60, those are now in stock at your favorite Align dealer. Pre-orders should have shipped by now, so you can go ahead and pick one of those up now if that floats your boat. Uh, on that front, I think I'm going to get my hands on an Align TB40, their 380 size helicopter, uh, to work on a review for Heli Direct. So I'm excited to uh, get to play with one of those and share my thoughts. I'll be sure and share them here on the podcast as well. Um, in some other quick news, Theta Servos. This is kind of a cool thing. So, so if you pick up the Kenico Servo sets, which is like a full set of cyclics and a tail rotor, uh, tail servo, um, that's Kenico branded. From Theta, it now includes a set of plastic servo centering taps. So, if you've heard of servo centering washers, it's like that, except it covers both holes as well. It's basically a plastic spacer that fills the void in your servos where your screws, your mounting screws go. Uh, and it basically takes all of the play out of the servo. If you notice, if you put four screws through a servo and don't tighten them down, you can kind of wiggle the servo around. But these spacers lock the servo into a fixed position, which is great because if you have to take the servo out to repair it, you can mount it in the exact same spot. So all of your programming stays true. So I just thought it was cool that Theta is including these with the servo rather than making you hunt out an aftermarket solution. So nice. kudos to you, Theta, and I hope more servo manufacturers will follow suit. A little built-in shim. That's cool. Yeah, super simple touch, not high cost, but I don't know. I just like, I like little finishing touches like that on products. I think it's cool. All right, let's move into our last note, the news of the week. This week, we're going to talk about uh, some more details for the SAB Goblin Raw 500. 
size. So we've seen some videos uh, this week of Kyle Stacy flying one in the way that only Kyle can, which is to beat the living snot out of it. So it obviously flies well in capable hands, but uh, we also got some more details on the helicopter. So you can find some additional boring specifics on the SAB Facebook page if you want to know how many grams it weighs, what size batteries fit, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but the interesting bits I pulled out for y'all are it'll run 80 millimeter tails and 500 millimeter mains will be included. Um, where it is, it should run uh, blade grip spacing such that you know any of the major manufacturers' 500 size blades should fit. Uh, it's going to use mini tail and cyclic servos. It'll run on a 6S 3300 to 3700 milliamp battery. Uh, you'll want to grab a 120 amp ESC for it. And it goes with an 8 to 900 kV 4020 size motor, which is a bit of an unusual size. So most of the major motor manufacturers are working on releasing motors to go along with the release of the helicopter. So stay tuned for those. I know X Nova is developing something. Uh, there's conversations going on at Eagle Drift about it. I'm sure those are happening at Scorpion and other motor manufacturers as well. Is 402900, uh, you said? 4028 to 900 kV, depending oh, okay. on your desired head speeds. The old Galli X5, of... X5 came canned with a 402910 uh, kV, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They're not including Scorpion. the motor, so you have to pick up your own. I mean, most of the 4020s available now are in the like 1000 kV range, you know, 1100, 1000, 1050, something like that. Um, so 8 to 900s uh, are not necessarily available currently but will be soon from like i said most of the menu manufacturers nice uh what else do they share oh interestingly you will not have to take the canopy off to change batteries it's got a quick release battery tray system similar to the 420 uh it features uh resin blade grip arms so they're made from a resin and they're meant to be a sacrificial part in the event of a crash so uh, you'll want to stock up on those before everybody runs out of initial stock I would order some with your <laughs> heli if the parts are available, because uh, those will be the first thing that'll break in the event of a crash. Uh, I would guess that pre-orders are probably going to open very, very soon, and they expect it to ship uh, sometime in August. Uh, I know we've known about this helicopter for a while. The release has been a bit delayed as Enrico at SAP was uh, suffering through some health issues. Um, hopefully Enrico is well on the mend now and uh, doing better. And uh, we'll also get to see uh, the release of the helicopter very soon. So stay tuned for uh, more updates on the RAW 500. And that is all I got for the news this week. Yeah. Big news. Yeah. yeah, yeah, big news week. Wow. Woohoo. Right? Little hobby. Big news. So yeah, I will say though, the 402910, while we were you were talking about that bit, I grabbed one of my old ones off the shelf. Uh it, it and just to confirm, that's what it was. Scorpion made an old HK forty twenty nine ten KV. It was the uh um the hot motor that came with the uh, X five like full kit or whatever way back in the day. So if anybody's got an old, you know, X5, it'll fit right in that new Goblin 500. So that motor will. There you go. Sweet. All right. 
moving into tonight's main topic, it's time to put Mr. McToon in the hot seat for a little bit. Nah. So, no such we're thing. Gonna, we're going to split things up. First, we're going to talk a little bit more uh, with Rob, learn a little bit more about what it's like to create a Devon, uh, his history in the hobby, how we got so good with Nitro, and then, uh, like I said before, we're going to touch on some hobby safety basics for uh, the beginners out there. All right, so let's start with McToon. So, Rob, tell us a little bit about your, your history in the hobby. Like, how did you get into radio control? Like, what age were you, and, and what did you start with initially? Wow, I started with, uh, wasn't even radio control. It was U-Control, and it was this little electric uh, airplane. You pulled up elevator, the motor started turning, you got about a 30-second flight, and it actually got in the air and went around, and I was like, this is awesome! <laughs> so, so it's like control line, but electric. It was control line, but electric, yeah, and that's because, believe it or not, I was afraid of the little Cox engine. Those things mm -hmm. starting them up yeah, and everything, amazing. they were nasty. So. Man, I had one of those little Cox engine control line things, yep. and I got it started once or twice, and I was terrified when that thing started for the yep. first time. Yeah, And what's terrifying is I was a kid and I started that thing with not a single parent around. My parents had no idea how dangerous that thing was. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, all the shit that we did when we were kids was like that. <laughs> yeah. I just remember like yeah. being in the garage with my buddy trying to start that little engine. And when it started, it like crashed immediately. But terrifying. Yeah, I was, uh, I was about 10 years old when I got, when I got that. And then uh, flew uh, an airplane for a little while. I actually built uh, Carl Goldberg Eaglet, 20, nice. 25 size high wing trainer, and I crashed three of them, destroyed them, <laughs> had no idea what I was doing, there was nobody to help, there were no clubs, it was, uh, what was that, 19, maybe 81, 82, and uh, mm. it, you know, it was just trial and error, just screw it up, put it back together, screw it up, put it back together, and I remember the first flight that I got was on this mountain where, where the, I actually found a club and I went there and there was nobody there. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so it was probably 20 mile an hour winds. I put it up in the air and, you know, just boom, just went like crazy. So it was, uh, I got one flight in, went around the pattern, landed it and went home. <laughs> <laughs> like that's good enough. <laughs> did, did you have folks helping you? No, nobody. There was nobody around. So, so did you basically just teach yourself to fly? Yep, pretty much. Pretty much. Wow. Same thing with the helis. So, yep. First heli I saw hanging in a, in a, uh, oh, was it Carl's Hobby Center? Yeah, it was a GMP Cricket. Oh, and, yes. Uh, wow. It's fixed pitch, airplane engine, no gyro. Um, it was just crazy. So, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. So to just kind of go back to airplanes for a minute. So you were a kid playing with these airplanes for the first time. Yeah. So like, how did, how, you know, were your parents helpful at all? Or were you just like, like me with the control line, just fucking around in the garage with it and hoping for the best? You know, we, when growing up, when you, you know, summertime, you know, my mom and dad were like, get out of the house. I'll see you at dinner. They didn't yeah, know where yeah, we yeah. were, what we were doing. It was like, go, go have fun, you know, become an adult, leave me alone. <laughs> so, yep. so me too. we were out and, uh, just messing around with stuff. And we put, uh, we messed with the, around with this little boat with that Coxo 49 engine to try to figure out how to tune it. 
And um, it was just a nightmare. It was, but we kept trying and screwed it up and got it working eventually. You know, uh, same with the airplane. Uh, we we were we would sit there for hours because we didn't have an electric starter. Flipping that prop, trying to figure <laughs> out how the heck do we start this thing? You know, it, it, it <laughs> yeah. was it was. Uh, I mean. And again, you go to the hobby store and they're like, hey, can you help us? They're like, we don't know how to do any of that stuff. We just sell the shit. (laughs) (laughs) So there was no help, no help whatsoever. So, um, but through trial and error, we figured it out, got them running pretty good. We were able to fly and, uh, uh, you know, started doing the helicopter thing. Oh man, that was 40 years ago. Mm. I was 17. Was that I, cricket your first heli? Or, that, or was yeah, it a different kind? Yeah, yeah, the GMP cricket was the first heli. And mm. uh, that whole learning curve from the airplane thing started all over again because it, com- yeah. it was completely different. So, oh, I bet. I bet. Oh, and it was... We, I must have messed with that heli for a year before I even got it to jump off the ground an inch. It was, it was, it was like the motor would quit. It wouldn't stay running. It was, you know, who knows, you know, you were, you were playing with an airplane engine with this heli ball muffler, which was just this round piece of aluminum. Um, we bought a heat sink that went on it that tried to keep it cool. Um, fuel was garbage. Glow plugs were garbage. Um, yeah, it's a wonder we got it in the air at all. So when I, what, (laughs) I couldn't get the motor to run good enough to lift it in the air. So what I did is I took the caster wheels off of a shop vac and I zip tied the helicopter to it. And I was able to drive it around like a car. Uh-huh. Skate around. <laughs> yeah. okay. Skate, skating around with, with just elevator and aileron input cyclic, you know, and then the tail. And, and we were like, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. You know? It was, and, and then ultimately from messing around with it one day, I, you know, I did something to the needles and all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, it's in the air. <laughs> was nice. it in the air with the shop back wheels still attached? No, 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 no. We, we got it running actually pretty good where you could run it around and it would actually get going, you know, fairly fast. And, uh, we took it off there and said, let's see if it'll hover. And it would pop up in the air and just kind of slowly sink back down it was like oh, it flew it was like oh yeah. and, and and you would be able to hop it in the air longer and longer and longer and i said let me try something different and i think i went with a collective pitch heli it was a schluter mini boy and that was more successful still couldn't fly it around but it, but it, it would stay running and, and it would get in the air for a little bit longer and you could kind of like move it a little to the right and then set it down. So we were making progress. And then I think I took, I took about two years messing with that. So, you know, you guys talk about like, I say, learn the basics. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and guys say, but I've been doing that for a month. We were, we were years messing with this before it even flew. It was, it was crazy. Um, and that's when I, McToon was born right back then it, well it was and it was you know we just screwed everything up you know we, we blew up motors and we ran them too lean and you know I mean we were trying 
all, all kinds of crazy stuff. Oh my God. <laughs> the stuff that we did, if you did now, people would be like, just get them out of the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, holding the heli over your head by the skids and, and, oh, trying, Jesus. And, and, you know, and trying to support it because it didn't have enough power to fly. So trying to figure out what it did and, you know, mm-hmm. wearing, mo- wearing motorcycle helmets and leather jackets while you're doing that. So trying to protect yourself. And, Oh jeez! Oh, oh, that's like wow. no, don't, don't try this at home, kids. Don't do well. You know, nowadays, you, you know, you put the things together and they just fly. So it's, yeah, it's, right. it's it's way different. Um, and then the sh- uh, what came out? The concept, the Kyosho Concept Thirty came out. Mm, that was my first mm. heli, and it yep. came and it came out as an ARF, and I put it together and it freaking flew, and it flew yeah. real, really good. So I was like. I mean, good, good for then, not good compared to now, but, um, it, literally like the third day out, I was probably on flight 100 the third day. Wow. That's how much we flew. And, That's awesome. And started moving it around forward, backward, right and left and everything. And then all of a sudden it, it turned nose into me. It was like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I was like, uh oh, so this is going to get ugly. <laughs> So, and, and then it just, and then, it, then you excel, you just exponentially from there, you know, with, yeah. with doing stuff. So, so did you um, have the gyro on the Kyosho at that point? Was it yes, a mechanical gyro? Yes, it, was, it was a GY 401, I The 401, yes, yes the, 401. the legendary 401. Yes, the, bo- both the Schluter and the Cricket had no gyro. They would, um, the collective pitch arm would mix in tail rotor compensation. As you yeah. in- increase collective on the mini boy, and then the cricket just had nothing. <laughs> you just had to just, you're, <laughs> you're on, on your own. You're on your yeah. own. Yeah, you're on your own. So, and we flew them like that with without gyros. So, uh, you know, it was like, what's your gain setting at? It's like, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it depends how and much that, coffee I drink. Yeah, exactly. There's no such thing as mixing, like rudder mixing or anything like no, that. Then no, either. So. No, nothing. So basic radios. The the first heli radio I had was a Futaba, uh, I think it was an FG, and that had uh, you know tail compensation in it and and a couple little things, but e- even that it was you know archaic compared to what we have today. So, yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, um, learning how to tune was just painful. I mean, <laughs> it's just <laughs> right. we, we were out in Colorado. And uh, trying to teach a buddy of mine how to tune his XL60 with a OS61, and there was a sign there for the for the radio control field. It was about six foot tall, so we drilled holes through it and strapped the helicopter to the top of it and just ran it at full throttle and reached up and and tuned the high needle, you know. <laughs> and 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 we were just like, it worked. It flew good, you yeah. know. Oh man, we picked the wrong guy for the safety episode. But 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 and so, hey, I'm still here. <laughs> hey, this is true. Yeah, this is true. Still here, and uh, you know it flew good until something changed. And then when something changed, you know you started futzing with things and you screwed it all up again. And mm-hmm. you know you tried to figure it out. You know whether you had you know no no pressure in the tank or. Or you had a hole somewhere in the fuel line, or the, you know, the fuel that we were getting. You would, we would buy. Um, I don't remember. It was Sig fuel that they made, and the inside of the cap had a foam piece in it, 
And if it sat for a long period of time, the foam would break down and fall into the fuel. Oh, no. So you would have these tiny little like microscopic pieces. And as they would go through a fuel filter, they would like reconnect. And, and all of a sudden the motor would just go lean and you'd be like, what the hell? You know? And at that point we could tell the difference between lean and rich. So I was like, what's going on? And I mean, that was, you know, a week's worth of messing with the needles and everything. And it was a, you know. It was just getting clogged with foam. It was just getting <laughs> clogged. Yeah. So, you know, um, I mean, who else? I Man. remember K and B, we used to run when K and B came out with the, uh, they had the metal cans. They came out with K and B 100. I think it was heli fuel, and that was good stuff. Oh my god, the motors ran good on that, you know. And it was like, oh wow, look at this, you know. They weren't quitting on us. I mean, it was, you know. Yeah. Was it a different octane, like a higher? Because everybody runs like I think thirty or. Oh no! It was way. It was way lower. It was way lower. Uh, was it? it was. Yeah. It was probably five percent, maybe eight percent, something like that. I mean, if you got a hold of ten percent, that was a lot, you know. Mm, yeah. So, um. I don't remember when cool we were running cool power for the longest time. Um, thirty percent. That was another good fuel. Um, we tried S and W. I used that to kill my weeds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have to say their car their car fuel, Stan's car fuel is incredible. Incredible. Okay. The heli fuel I could I could not get to work. So I could not get to work. And uh it was inexpensive. It was, I mean, I think we were paying like $9 a gallon for that fuel at that time, which was like, this is great. Look at this. Dude, that's crazy. Chief. Yeah, it's crazy, right? And, uh, but we couldn't even get the damn engines to start. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, man, um, it was, it was nuts. That, that's my beginning. I mean, I flew every other helicopter and engine ever made, but, um, you know, that was over the next bunch of years. And then, uh, things just got progressively better and better. I mean, engine technology, glow plugs, fuel, radios, everything. We, I've seen, yeah. you know, the whole progression. And uh, what we have today is like, I mean, it's hard pressed to be not successful, you know? It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like light years ahead of back then. Yeah. So I got a yeah. question for you. you yeah. You've been in it since uh, almost the beginning, it seems like, you know, you've watched this the hobby change, you know, hardware yep. wise, yep. you know, the, the user group, so to speak, it, of, of this community and that, what would you say, like after, you know, your, uh, your Kyosho concept 30 days and stuff like that, um, what would you say after that was the, if you get ahead to think back, what was the first big, because I, I know this hobby kind of goes through these little phases where there's like a bloop and then it kind of grows, something happens in the hobby. Uh, maybe a new brand comes out or something changes. What was, what do you think was the first big change that you could recognize after you got into it? You know, miniature aircraft came out with a, with a, they, it wasn't a quite a 700 size heli. It was like a 650. Okay. Um, and they came out with pre-made blades. So okay. you didn't, so you didn't have to build your blades. Um, they still had a wire drive on the tail, which everybody was using at that time. Uh, yeah. And they came out with a pipe that was a U-shaped pipe that actually went through the frame. So it wasn't hanging out in the side. It was very well protected in a crash and everything. And sure. it took the OS-61, which was, that was it. That was it at the time. Rossi hadn't come out with the 80 yet. Um, and it was limited in power. But when you put the pipe on it, it was like, ooh, 
Look at that. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I can I can feel the difference, you know? Yeah. And uh and you could actually tune it. I was used to tuning motors from the airplane side with tuned pipes. And we yeah, didn't have yeah. that at first, you know? Um that was that was big when they when Futaba came out with their uh governor, the G V one, that was another big one. because uh, mm, sure. now you had control over head speed. Which you you, you kind of did. You, we did curves, and you used the the pipe as your governor instead of you know electronically yeah. governing it. But when they came out with that, that was a game changer. That was like wow, I didn't have to pay attention to like the tune quite as critical as I was. You know, the electronics I, would take up the difference. So, yeah, so um, I feel like with some of those changes, the uh, um the style of flying is starting to change around this time too. Yeah. yeah. We're seeing a lot more 3d, a lot, not a lot more. No, no, no 3d as of yet, but you saw yet. guys, you saw guys with sustained inverted flight. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of stall turns and loops and, and rolls and stuff like that. So um, are we doing like a linear pitch curve by now, or are we still doing like shallow on the negative and uh regular? They, they were, they were still shallow on the, on the negative. Because you know the, yeah. the motors, a lot of guys weren't running governors, so they would overspeed. Yeah. Um, you know, so they were still running a slight little shallowness on it. There were a few guys, uh, Ray Saint Ange. Uh, that's now I'm dating myself because that's like late '80s. He was flying for Schluter, and that was the first time I ever saw a pure flip. And I was like, what oh. the hell was that? We got to pause this for a second. So <laughs> when Put it. Put a year on that. Pure flip. Oh my god! Early, early nineties. Okay, dang. Early nineties, sounds- and then I went to, I went down to Texas. We went to Corpus Christi for, uh, who put that fun fly on? Ron Lund put that fun fly on, and okay. we went down there, and there were guys from everywhere. Curtis Youngblood was there. Um, yeah, legend. Uh, Bob Johnston was there. I mean, just anybody who was anybody was, you know, floating around. And the shit that they were doing, I was like, oh my God, look at this. <laughs> this is crazy, you know? And I mean, I was doing loops and rolls, a little bit of inverted. I was doing autos like crazy. Um, yeah. And I got down there and, and I was like, I don't even want to fly. I was, like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I was like, man, this is nuts. And they so had, you're like about what, like ten years, ten, twelve years into helis, and then you see this happening, and it's like a whole other thing. Yep. And at that like. point, we went, we were flying TSK at that time. We were, uh, we were bringing them in from, I don't know, maybe Japan. I think it was where they were. I can't remember where. And what a what a nice heli, yeah. huge, huge, huge parts count, fly barred heli, but flew really nice belt driven instead of wire drive i was like "Ooh, this is cool Ooh. you know yeah for Some, sure something different um os had just come out with the the os 70 so it was a little bit bigger motor um i don't know if oh, i don't know if ys even had anything then they might have so had the, said, they might have had the 60 so so you said you mentioned tsk so that was a yeah. heli brand that you were that bringing the, over that was a heli brand yep so, okay yeah here's the reason i asked that because I'm an avid Gowie fan, and I used to rep for Gowie. And way back when, when the 425 came out, all the branding said Gowie TSK, like everywhere. And so in my mind now, I'm wondering, yeah. like, are they somehow interrelated, you know, in some way? Is it like Pro- an evolution probably. of such? 
Probably. Yeah. I, I know for a while they were in the same building as a line. So, yeah, okay. You know, <laughs> um, they were nothing, there, there was no comparison that even looked similar between the two. How, how, yeah. they, how they did their servo layouts, um, all, all of that stuff, all the push-pull stuff, the fly bar uh, was completely different. Uh, yeah. lots, lots of metal, lots of carbon fiber. It was like, you know, it was, it was the shit. It was like, mm. man, this is, you showed up with that and people were like, whoa, oh. look, look at that. Wow. You know, it's, uh, that's the, that thing's cool. And then you flew it and you could put it in a hover and it would just sit there, you know, and you'd be like, man, this is awesome. Mm, they had so a, satisfying. Yeah. They had a, they had a Delta set up on the head where, you know, if you had, if you had the leading blade catching wind, it would pull it back down and kind of self right itself. It was, they just did some cool shit. So, um, yeah, you know, we were, I, were they, I can't remember if they were supplying blades or not with it. I think SAB blades might've been out at that point where they were coming out, you know, fiberglass and, and yeah. pre, pre-built. So we were flying those. Right. Yeah. So probably I, like adding blades, uh, better mufflers and things like that, adding, you know, pre-built blades and stuff that yep, really helped a lot yep. of people decide, Hey, you know, I'm going to try this. Uh, the barrier to entry is a lot sh- shorter. You can climb over it, you know? Yeah. The, the downside was they were, you know, compared to the other stuff that we were first flying, these were getting pricey. You know, you were talking, mm, yeah. uh, you're talking early nineties paying like what we were paying now for a heli. Yeah. You know? Oh man. Uh, yeah they they weren't they weren't cheap but you were getting you know there's a lot of stuff it wasn't like today's helis where the parts counts are real low you got you didn't have all the direct you know servo to swash and everything you had all linkages and bell cranks yeah, and oh yeah. my god it was what a nightmare <laughs> when, uh, Dude, when did you guys start seeing spare parts for helicopters because initially you just had to buy a whole new kit yeah no there were there was always spare parts available i used to deal with a guy right here in jersey tom unger who had all the, all the parts? Excel. I mean, he had everything. You could crash and go down there to his house. It was in his basement and get everything. Matter of fact, when I when I started really pushing to learn autos, I learned on a Concept sixty, and I bought. I must have bought twenty tail booms, torque tubes, and everything. And I, <laughs> and, and I had them pre-assembled so that when I boom struck it, I would throw a new set of blades on it. And a tail boom, and be be back in the air in like fifteen minutes. Wow. Ooh, nice, so, you're planning ahead there. For yeah, sure. and then, and then you would take it home and rebuild the ones that you just all screwed up, and then you'd have like three or four at the field with you. And I'm telling you, every single auto in the beginning was a boom strike. Every yeah, just dragging the tail. You, you you'd come down and you'd be pitched. And you'd be like, yeah, 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 this is going good. And you'd think you'd touch down nice and gentle, and boom, you'd explode the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and too back then dampening and all of that stuff was a well uh, you had you didn't have a wishy mess you didn't have a rigid you didn't have a rigid head yep, you had a yep. you had a, a flapping hinge head so the mm-hmm. those blades moved all over the place so if you weren't up on that collective when you were touching that ground yeah go- goodbye boom and you wouldn't just tap it you'd cut it right off so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 it was it was intense it was intense but when you learned how to auto those you know you could do anything so it was like yeah. all right this is cool so it was uh it was good and then we went i remember i was in florida and i was flying a schluter millennium 2 i think it was and the guy down there my friend owned southeast rc hobbies and uh they were partners and he had this heli and he had just put 
uh, I think OS came out with the 91 and we, we put it in it and I was like, wow, (laughs) I was like, (laughs) look at all of this power. I was like, holy (laughs) shit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and it was in a great heli. Those, those were, they were awesome. Um, and it was, it was funny because when we put the motor in, you had to change pinion, bigger motor ran a little bit slower RPM. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we put it all in, we went and flew it and I was like, wow, why is the head speed so high? You know, we never changed gear ratio in the governor <laughs> and, and, the, and, and the guy, Chris calls up, he goes, Hey, how's the motor running? And I said, well, aside from the wicked overspeed that I just did, it's running pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, it was, it just, cha- it was, and things were changing. You think they're changing fast now? They were changing really quick then radios i mean um circus circus was kind of a like a pre-jr thing and they came out with a uh, a seven channel dedicated heli servo that had all the mixing you know i was like i mean it was all uh you know pots on the back of the uh radio that you adjusted so it was a real pain in the ass but you could do just about anything um yeah they came out with an inverted switch so you'd roll no, o- no. you roll over inverted and click the switch and then you fly like your right side up. Yeah, remember oh, there was like a whole period of time where yeah. that's how people did that, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Before before yep. you could get good power yep. inverted, you know, with be- negative collective, there was the yep. switch and people would build that into their routine and yep. learn yep. how to be upside down and fly. Oh fly, yeah, I went yeah. down to Florida to visit, you know, my friends down there that own the hobby store and we went and saw Ernie Huber. And um <laughs> we went there it's like hey you doing this uh new switchless inverted he goes yeah you want to see it and i was like yeah and he uh-huh. was uh, flying around you know without the switch and i was like oh that is oh. so cool and he goes yeah but <laughs> but this is opposite and this is opposite and he goes but it's the new thing so we got to learn it you know so he had uh, yeah. he had a flight school down there yeah, and it was i was like that is the shit i'm like yeah i gotta learn that <laughs> so, so for the listeners that don't know the inverted switch and correct me if i'm um wrong here rob but the way it would work is your cyclic was a particular you know like it is normally when you're upright yep. but then when you would go up in the air and you'd flip over and you'd flip that switch the heli's upside down but the cyclic still operated as if it was right side up again. It's like it yeah, mixed everything yeah. over. So you're not going left to right for it. Like, you know, like your guy was saying, everything's backwards. So after that little intermediary, let's do upside down with a switch. It was upside down helicopter, but normal flying. Am I Norm, right? Normal flying. If you wanted to, uh, it, when you hit that switch, it took your positive four degree hover right side uh-huh. up and made it negative four. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And it just flipped that around, but it also it also reversed. Did it reverse the elevator too? I think it reversed something else. I can't remember. I think it was the tail was reversed also. Um, yeah. But when you gave a positive collective inverted, it went up. It went up. Yeah. It went, yeah. It instead went up. of the other. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, and <laughs> and and that was that was difficult because I flew with that switch for a little while, not very long, because I tried the switchless. And because I flew with the inverted switch, it really screwed me up with the switch, yeah. learning the switchless. I so, bet. Yeah. I'm I, sure I, there was I, probably a lot of people yeah. that pancaked their helis. Yeah. Looking going back, back to that. Looking back now, I wish I never played with that switch because it, it added probably yeah. six months of time to get out of that. 
thank you. I bet. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. yeah but it was, huh. it was pretty trick. I was like, that, all right, you know? That so, is a pretty, like, yeah. neat, and it seems like when you think about it from way out here in the heli history, looking backwards at the Switch debacle or that whole thing, you look back and you're like, what the hell were they yeah. thinking? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, I get it. That's all you had, you know, to work with, and that's it's cool. This hobby's always been like that plays a trail and in the early days, like you're talking, you're talking yeah, about yeah, bolting the yeah. heli down to the signs and fucking tuning Just, needles and yeah. flipping switches to go inverted. Man, it's like the Wild West back in the day, dude. Dude, we were when we were tuning these things, trying to get them to make some power and everything, and figure it out. The tanks were small that were in the helis, so mm, we used yeah. we used to just run a like an eight foot line from the gallon <laughs> up to up to the carburetor, <laughs> and you'd be up there oh, screwing yes. around with it, you know. So for sure, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> we, we were just trying to do anything to to get them to work to you extend know? your tuning time. Yeah, for and, sure, man. And, and people would people would come over and be like oh that's really cool and we were like yeah this sucks but you wouldn't say that because you didn't want to turn them away from it you know yeah, they, they, yeah. they might be the guy that has the success and figures it out you don't know and uh, and it was just i mean i had a cult whisper which was uh it mm. ran on a 9.6 volt nicad okay okay and yeah. it flew for about 20 seconds on that if you oh, were man. If, if you were lucky okay <laughs> So I owned an auto repair shop and I calculated the distance that I needed in a wire to drop the voltage from 12 volts to 9.6. It was uh, like, yeah. it, it was like 52 feet. Okay. <laughs> so I went, I went and bought like six, 60 feet. Okay. Of that. Um, like the wire we use now on the, on the batteries, they had just really yeah, come yeah. out with that, that silicone wire. Uh -huh. And I, I ended up attaching it to a 12 volt. And then wire tying it to the skids and then attaching it to the, to the ESC. Okay. And I could fly that helicopter for an hour on a 12 volt battery. Just sit around, hover yeah, with just, it on the pedal. Just sit around yeah. inside. And what was really cool was because it was, it was permanently attached to the battery and to the skid of the helicopter, you could take it and fly it away till the, till the wire got taught and it would be like, boing. And that's as far, and that's as, and that's as, far as it would go. Just out there like, burr, burr, yep. 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 But, but, it, but, great. but it taught, you know, we were inside in the shop in the auto repair shop flying this thing. It was probably mid to late eighties. And, uh, you know, you could actually do something and learn something cause you could fly it for a little while. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's just, yeah, you know, th this isn't even the stupid shit we did. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, do tell my friend. Wait, so like you know? zip tying helis to signs, long fuel tubes, oh, oh, car I mean, battery helis. Listen, once That's we, not once, the stupid shit. once we figured out, how to fly them then you started doing like the stupid shit you know the the, <laughs> yeah, the flying yeah. under things the landing the trees Let, let's stuff. see let's see if we could you know like you watch scott try to do autos under a table and everything yeah dude, dude we did that 30 years ago this is nothing <laughs> this is nothing, this new. Is nothing new you know and yeah. we did it with nowhere near the quality of equipment you have now so you know it was uh i mean just let's Let's put, uh, you know, let's put something out and out in the runway and hit it and see how the helicopter lives. You know, we were like crash testing yeah. these things and just, oh man, dude, we tried landing them inside my van, you know, had the back doors, <laughs> had the back doors open and I just, yeah. Yeah, I don't even want to say most of this stuff, but God forbid somebody goes do it. Please don't do this at home. <laughs> 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 yeah. You know? So, 
My name's Jose. <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah, this is all old school stuff. The heli hobbies learned from itself. Yeah, now. yeah. So they uh, was it JR? JR came out with a ten channel computer radio. It wasn't computer like you guys know today, with where you your touch screen in it or even a scroll wheel. It was all you know adjustable pots in the back of the radio, but it was computerized. Yeah. Um, you know, there was no such thing as flying two helis on one radio. You had a radio for each heli. And um, at that point, we were using the, the governor. And at that point, uh, CSM came out with the heading hole gyro, Colin S. Mill. And, um, CSM gyro, yeah. Yep, the CSM 540. I think I might still have one. And um, that was like the strangest thing because before that, the tail would just follow your turn, okay? You really didn't have to do much to it. Now with this heading hold, you had to fly the tail. You had, you had to move it, you know, to get yeah. it to turn. If, yeah. you, if you just did an aileron turn, okay, it would be all fucked up. <laughs> tail, right. tail be, <laughs> it would just be sideways, like straight. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the tail be hanging real low, and you're like, what the hell? You know? And I, I put that on a, a Herobo shuttle at first and i crashed it three or four times because it was just completely different you know so yeah at that time though did you find yourself switching back to rate mode sometimes like screw this i'm going back to no no nope, i just, just i i just stayed with it and crashed it to figure it out and then somebody yeah. somebody out in colorado said just whatever you do to the cyclic do to the tail so if yep, you were moving yep. the cyclic to the right, just move the tail to your right. And all of a sudden the tail came up and followed. I was like, oh, okay, oh. cool. Okay, cool. That was neat. But, you know, you could, you could, you know, now pitch back inverted and, and bang that negative collective, what you had of negative and what, mm -hmm. how much power you had in the motor. That was running, I think I was running uh, an Enya 37 in that heli. And it had pretty decent power, but you could, you could punch the tail right side, you know, right side up climb or inverted and the tail would just stay there yeah nice. i was like oh this is way cool <laughs> this is way better way you could fly backwards for a long time without having to really fight the tail well you, you got it going backwards and then you just kind of sat there and went oh shit and just let it fly <laughs> <laughs> just let it coast across you're yep. like it's and doing it it's like, doing it look, look what i'm doing look what i'm doing and i'm not doing anything but hanging on <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah um that but that was that was the I mean, I think the, the CSM gyro, I don't know if it was the 540 or the 360 that came out first. I can't remember which one it was, but there was a, there was a big jump into the second version. You had some more controls and everything and, and gain adjustments and everything. Um, yeah. But that was, you know, that, that was neat. So, and then I, start, I flew miniature aircraft for a long time. They were great Ellie's. Oh my God. Those things were like, like the, the Ferrari you know at the time yeah so at the time they were they, they were yeah they yep. were kind of a nearly elitist but you're still attainable and yeah. a lot you could get parts like easy everybody had them um you know guys we started making canopies for them i did a bunch of fiberglass work back then and we made molds so they were one piece canopies instead of the uh, blow molded plastic so you didn't have to nice. glue them together they came painted you know, it was like, oh, this is cool. So it just it's such an upgrade. Yeah, it just made everything easier. You know, um, yeah, it <laughs> was God, such memories. Holy mackerel, man! It's forty. Man, it, it's yeah. it's cool. It, it's it's especially interesting to me to hear about 
as technology changed, the additional learning curves, you know, as, as gyros caught on and having to, you know, learn to control the tail in a different way. And yeah, well, I mean, honestly, now all the radios, all the gyros, everything that's out there right now, they all do the same thing. Mm -hmm. They, mm -hmm. you know, um, and they're all good. Every one of them. I mean, some are easier than others. Some are more intuitive than others. But they all do the same thing, and they're all really good. When we were doing it, every everything was new. Everything that came out was brand new. You had to learn all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah from scratch. Yeah, yes, almost. Yeah. So, so it was like you got it, and you were like, yeah. And then it's like, oh crap. <laughs> so, like, so. when you're online or in Facebook groups, and you see somebody complaining about some minor software related I, tweaking thing, do you want to just like strangle them and be like, I, I realize <laughs> like how good you have it? I can't, I can't, I don't even, I don't know if you noticed, but well, you're not on like the oxy groups or something. I, I don't answer a lot of that stuff because the stuff that they're bitching about is so trivial. It's like, it's like, dude, these things fly great. It's like, yeah, but I could see this little movement. It's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's like, you know, we're, we're striving for such perfection in these things now you know, that, you know, people will look, it's like, did you see that little head bobble when he did that? I'm like, well, he's pushing 20 degrees on the right blade in that maneuver. It's gonna, something's got to give, you know, yeah. it's, it, it, you mm, know, right, right. The, the, you're, you're, the stresses that we're putting these things under are in, are just incredible. You know, I, I can't believe half the stuff stays together. You know, um, I, I, I would love, I would love to have like a G meter in one of Devin's alleys. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, a few yeah. different axes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I it would, it be, would like, be cool, man. Like, yeah. And these big complex rigging systems that we use at work, you know, and these giant concert lighting rigs and things. Yeah. You can actually have a load sensor on every motor in the air so that you can see how the weight shifts as these huge structures are lifted up. Yep. Yeah. But like to have that kind of thing where you have multiple load sensors around a heli would be wild to see the stresses these things are under. We put, um, when we were doing all the, um, initial testing on the flash um guys thought because there were no boom supports on a on a 700 size heli or 690 size heli that the boom was flexing so i came up with a brilliant idea i mounted a gopro right on the side of the frame looking right down the boom and then recorded it and devin nice. Dev, and devin flew the shit out of it and <laughs> that boom didn't move at all and then i turned it around so you could watch i could watch all the servo movements Okay. And that whole upper frame, no movement whatsoever. And then I pitched the camera down and the bottom of the heli, like where the landing gear is and the battery sit and everything is freaking doing a dance, man. It's all over the place. And, 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 and Luca was like, who cares if that moves? <laughs> as long as it doesn't come off. The who cares? Heli. It's not coming off, but everything else was, you know, spot on. And he was doing, it was, don't get me wrong. It was very hard to watch because his flying was so violent and so hard. It was like, it almost made you sick, you know, yeah, but yeah, you're, you're yeah. sitting there focused on that boom, looking for any deviations. And it, there was none. And I'm looking at it. I was like, I just, I can't believe it doesn't move. It's like, it's crazy. You know, putting it yeah, through, all, through all that stress and everything, you know? So, um, you know, even the videos of, uh, you know, when he bent those main shafts in flight down at Heli X and everything, it was, mm -hmm. we were like, we, somebody's got to have video of that. And they did. And in the video, you could just watch it just right over. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> 
so, oh man you know stressing stuff out and everything so so yeah that's so that's my humble beginnings to helicopters so you know basically um i think i know what i know now because i have made probably every mistake you could you could so yeah yeah i mean yeah yeah the one of the first questions when i knew you were coming on was you know how are you so good at tuning but it's obvious now and not even needed because you just went through it all with a ton of different engines and fuels everything every i mean everything it's uh it's and it's hard to explain to somebody that's new right now you know when you when you're out there uh, I, I'm looking at it. I'm not so much looking at smoke anymore because different fuels smoke differently. Um, but um, believe it or not, I'm listening. Like a lot of times you'll see me looking like the other way. I'm not even looking at the helicopter. I'm just listening to it. And, and you can hear when that motor, the best way I could say is when that motor's tuned properly, it's singing to you. It's just got a certain pitch. The smoke that's coming out of it, the, the fuel is burning in such a way where it's it's not it's not like varnishing the oil it's not burning the oil it comes out and it's it's got a certain smell to it when it's running right and it's just it's hard to explain that you know like uh i was trying to talk frank uh more through through the process and everything and he's getting there you know and it's like how could you just walk up and you make like three clicks of the needle and the thing runs beautiful and i'm like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it's like i don't know you know the best thing i could say is try it you know and if you're gonna try changing a needle always try to the rich side first you know yeah that, that way you don't hurt it and and if it gets worse then start leaning it you know so well, um, we definitely want to pick your brain on that subject further yeah. in another episode and really kind of dig into tuning as much as we can but yeah that's cool I, I, I will say like as i you know go on this journey with my first nitro I can appreciate like flying with all these like huge nitro guys yeah. who yeah. will ask me to do a very specific maneuver and same thing. They're listening and they're asking me to repeat it. And then they're like, all right, go ahead and land for a sec. And then they walk over, make, you know, some tiny quick adjustment to the needle and like, do it again, land yep. again. And then they make another one. And like, I can feel the helicopter getting better. I have no idea what they've adjusted. I don't, you know, but other you than can, the needle. Yep. yep. But you can, but feel like it. you can feel it. And like, it's so cool that they're not even flying the helicopter, but just by watching and listening to a maneuver, like, I don't know, as an outsider learning about the world, it's wild to watch. It's cool. Yep. Now it's, I, I it's can tell art. you that when we're flying every day and Devin's practicing and all this stuff, he doesn't need as much power as you can get out of the heli. Okay. I tend to run my motors a little fat, a little bit rich. Okay. Because I don't want to hurt them. I want a longevity out of them. They're not cheap. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, fuel's expensive. He goes out, he doesn't do 20 flights. He'll go out and fly two flights with the nitro. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit more on the cautious side with my tuning when we're flying just everyday flying. Okay. When we go to a big event, all, all bets are off. So it's, it, I'm taking it right to the edge so okay <laughs> oh so that's and, interesting so for an event yeah. you'll change the tune to just give them that much more power give them that much more power when we're at out at urcha we want to show everybody what the hell he can do um not what he can do it's not about his flying it's about the heli and um and we take it right to the edge i learned that from luca i mean right to the edge and typically yeah. after a week of flying out at urcha that motor's done so it's going, it's going, it's going, it's going home and it's getting rebuilt. 
So yeah, because it's it's before it completely blows up, I might as well get a ring in it and bearings and everything and freshen it up because you know we we leaned on it hard, you know. So and like you know the Friday before Urcha starts, I'm I'm usually out there a week beforehand. Um, you know, you're watching it fly and 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 wow, it's killer flights. It's running real good. And by the time Saturday rolls around, you can hear that it's getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so you can definitely hear it so um you know even uh like we were down at uh where were we where were we um at rc rchn was it no or rcho rchn this is rchn rcho for one of the flights and tom was there and devin's flying the the, the nitro around with the nova rossi and he's like come on let's lean that thing out i was like ah dude don't don't take it to the edge you know i was like no they like to run like this and i'm like i know what you, i know exactly what you're gonna do i said but i i can't get another one of those motors i can't even get parts so we we err on the side of caution with that you know stay a little bit on the rich side and he's looking at me he's looking at me and i was like all right go ahead <laughs> so, tom and, shin is the devil yep yeah yep. and then and then me being what i am said give me the radio and devin's like what are you doing i was like i'm turning the governor off and giving you 100 percent throttle and he's like <laughs> so between the tuning and the 100 percent throttle that w- was just some badass flights <laughs> wow that's <laughs> so, awesome yeah and then we never changed yeah. never changed it we left it alone so it's <laughs> so, wow. yeah. hot yep Yep, just let it go. If it's going to go, I managed to find another motor, so I have a spare in case, you know, it does take a crap on us. So, <laughs> which which it will. It's just, you know, all it takes is one little thing to go wrong when you're when you're on that that edge and and you push push it over the edge and boom, piston and the whole thing's done. Yeah, and the whole thing's done. Yeah. So, wow. but it's usually exciting. <laughs> so, especially without the throttled return spring. Yeah, there is no there is not a return spring on any of our helis. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And if you saw the one at Heli X with the uh, logo in the air, chicken dance in the air. Oh, that was insane! <laughs> so, that thing just exploded. exploded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it convulsed that, on the way down. Yeah, unfortunately, that one took the motor with it too. So yeah, that was bad. That broke that the uh, when that took hit everything. It with took it. every. There was there was. <laughs> There was nothing. I don't. Re- I don't think there was anything that wasn't broken. So it was like I believe wow, it. Wow, but was it worth it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, was it was pretty awesome. It was pretty I think awesome. if you ask anyone that went to Heli X what the highlight was, they'd be like Devin blowing up the logo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. Closely was... followed by Jermaine stuffing it in the pond. Oh um, man, I'm telling you. So this... that was a f- fantastic sounding thwack. <laughs> yeah. Yep. When that came apart, it was like, with Devin just looked at me and I looked at him. I was like, I started laughing. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> never seen that happen before. <laughs> so I was like, man, oh man, how'd you do that? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my God. So, so then we get, then we, then we get to today's helis and everything's, you know, you, you put it together and they, they just fly. They fly really good. You know, especially the ele- the electric stuff. I mean, man, it's it's crazy. Wait, Nick, when you get that nitro all tuned in and you start doing your maneuvers with the nitro, and then you go pick up your electric, you're gonna be like, oh my uh, god, <laughs> I've got all this, right. I've got all this extra power. 
<laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I actually will because I fly all like this lower head speed kind of smooth style. Yeah, you'll try it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. you'll, you'll try but it. Yeah, yeah, it's actually yeah. funny. The, the helicopter with the highest head speed I run is my Nitro. Yeah. Like on a 700, I don't run anything over like 1700 RPM. Yep. Um, yep. So the Nitro is at 1900 right now, I think. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good place for it because that's right. That's you're getting right into the power band of that motor, you know. Yeah. So that's where you want to be. You get um, it. I you get out of that power whatever. band, and it and it gets all mushy. <laughs> yeah. So I pretty much did whatever Tom Shin told me to do. I asked him yep. about a billion yep. questions along the way, and no, just said, okay. You you got you got great guys helping you. So just yeah, follow totally. Follow, yeah, follow exactly what they're saying. Um, it's it's all the same. As far as like what they're doing, what I'm doing, with tuning, with listening, you know, you're, it's, and it is an art. It really is. You, you listen to it and, you know, sometimes, sometimes you get that point where you're like, hmm, I'm thinking lean, but I was just flying my gasser. And when the gasser's not making power, you don't lean it. You give it more fuel. Mm, yeah. It's, it's opposite of a nitro. So, you know, if we go out and we fly the gasser for like a couple weeks in a row, um, then I go fly nitro. I'm like, I got to kind of, I got to kind of reprogram my brain. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, like that it's, invert switch. Yeah. yeah but, it, with gas. It, but with, but with gas. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. So, and, and again, when they start to run and the tune is right, you just, you hear it. You can just hear it. That motor's like really happy, you know? So it's, it's cool. Once you learn that, you won't want to fly anything else, but by, you know, unfortunately nitro, oh my God, how much you paying yeah. now for nitro? Yeah, too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, who knows how long Nitro will be with us, so it's fun to enjoy while we can. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. So. All right, I got a quick question for you, Rob, and then I got another one I really want to get to. But go ahead. Help us settle a little debate we've got going on kind of around these parts. Uh-oh, go ahead. Does Nitro have soul, or is it just awesome? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, I, believe, <laughs> I, I, I believe it does have soul. Oh. I, I, I believe it does. It's, uh, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but when you're flying a nitro and, and it's all, and everything's going right with it, it's, uh, it's just, it's like a biblical, biblical event. It really is. It's just, I don't know. There's something to it. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, there's just something to it. I mean, you know, we, we don't, we don't fly any 700 nitros anymore. So. Um, the motors just got like too expensive going through too much fuel. Um, and I, I was just like, you know what, our, our 600 size stuff that we're flying with the Nova Rossi and, and even the OS, and I've got a, a gas conversion on, on my oxy five now, and I'm flying one of my oxy fives with a, with a 91. Um, but, uh, it's just, I don't know. I just, I got away from the one Oh fives for a little while. That's Stop! I stopped spending that kind of money. <laughs> See, Nick, <laughs> you're new. You'll come around. You'll you'll find the, you'll find the heli spirit. You you yeah, yeah. Well, you might you know this. The seven hundreds do fly unique. They're you know they're big. They're smooth. Um, but it's just you know we flew um synergy N sevens for the longest time, and they they flew great. But you know when you put one in, it was a lot of money to fix it. It was you know. You know, we were, we were going through motors, you know, probably a rebuild at least every year, maybe less than that. And it was just, 
I was like, man, oh man, I'm just spending money. Now Devin's making money, so maybe he'll go back to a 700. He can finance it himself. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there you go. So, you know, so nice. yeah. Um, no, I, I I definitely feel you, and I got to say, I've already started eyeing some stuff to sell and thinking about picking up a 50 size uh, nitro as well. So yeah, there. You know the. Um, I mean, I've I've been watching the uh, the raw 580 nitro fly angelo angelo had his i think a lot of guys love that helicopter and i have i haven't flown it but um yeah it looks good it, it i mean that little fifth yeah. that 55 was running like a rape date friday night i mean i was like damn <laughs> damn yeah yeah we, so. there we got four five guys with one of those here in atlanta and they all love them so yeah um, yeah and you're gonna get you're gonna get 12 flights per gallon instead of six yeah so just which, which is big yeah yeah it's absolutely big and i i i think the 55 is easier to tune to so i don't know what it is that they did with the size of the motor or you know proportion to the carburetor to the motor or something but it just seems easier to tune so yeah 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 so the question i really want to get to so it sounds like you're kind of rare in the sense that you haven't really ever taken a break from the hobby or have you? Like, it no. sounds like you've been in it since you were 17, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't even take a break for girls. So I... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I and you still landed one, yeah. I was, I was dating and, uh, you know, what are you doing Saturday? Going to the flying field. I don't want to go to the flying field. It's like, all right, don't go. <laughs> <laughs> see, nice. you see you later. <laughs> you know? Um, now, never, never took a... Oh, actually... Never took a never took a break for a significant period of time, but when Devin was little, like infant, maybe a year old, I bought a boat. So I would fly like the hammers of hell in the spring and in the fall. And then all summer long, I would be out in the lake. And I had a little uh I had a Balsa USA North Star airplane, a little delta that we flew off the water. Yep. So I would take that out and I'd be flying but I wasn't at the flying field. So, yeah. so we were, we were boating and I was still doing that, you know, stuff with the airplanes. Um, never flew a helicopter off the boat. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think Bert and Kyle did that. They did a video on that a couple of years ago. They were out on his yeah. boat flying. So yeah. I think that was the raw launch. I forget which helicopter. Yeah. yeah one of them. Yep. Something like that. So, but no, 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 never. Never really took a break. Even like, uh, you know, Devin's away. He's out in Indiana working. Um, I'm flying every weekend. So they're like, nice. don't you miss your flying buddy? I'm like, well, yeah, sure. But yeah, I'm still going to go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know. I'm going to sit at home going, oh, he's not here. No, oh, yeah. So I'm going to go fly his shit. <laughs> so is, is Devin your oldest kid? Yeah, Devin's my oldest. And my daughter's uh, just uh, two months from 17. We're searching for a car for her now. Um, she actually used to go with us. She used to go all the time. And, uh, she was five, six years old. We'd take the camper and, uh, my wife would be like, go ahead, take the kids, get them out of my hair. And yeah, we'd, right. we'd, we'd go to airplane fun flies, heli fun flies, all kinds of stuff. And then she got a, you know, a little older and everything and was like, yeah, I don't want to do that no more. So it's like, all right, <laughs> stay home. <laughs> so. I know I'm trying to get my, my nine-year-old son into it and. He had a phase last summer he was really into it and then he's kind of waned and then lately like he asked me to get on the sim the other day and then he asked if we go out to the field and i'm like oh maybe maybe yeah. try not to push him into it but yep. 
we would go to events like we would go to HOD, uh, all the local stuff and everything. And Devin would go with me. This was probably he was probably eight years old, yeah, eight nine years old, and he could fly. He could hover around and move the heli around and fly, and he flew airplanes really well. Um, and he would go to these events, and you would never see him fly at an event, never. Hmm. You you would you wouldn't believe it now, you know. But he, right. yep. Hey, come on, Dev, why don't you fly a little bit? Nope. And then we went to Heli. Heli's over Delaware. I think the second to last year they had it. And Matt Graham said, "Come on, fly your nitro." And he's like, "Okay." So they set up um, uh, corn stalks out there, and they did a vegetation challenge. And all he could do was basically a, a forward flip, and then a quarter pier flip out. And he was doing that and coming down real low and cutting the corn stalks lower and lower and lower. And uh, that was it from there on out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's all it took. Yeah, that's all it took. So I was like, all right. So and then. Then he, he progressed pretty fast from there, but he did a lot of hovering. Holy crap. So <laughs> <laughs> how did so. how did you get him into the first heli? Like did you start him on the sim? No, no. First heli was a little kiosk, um, little bullshit little foam heli, uh single single rotor that we chased the cat around the house with. Mm, and he yeah, was able yeah. to and he was able to go negotiate around like the walls and the living room and all that stuff. And he's flying it around and flying it around. And then I got, um, a robo came out with a little tethered, uh, llama that, uh, that, that flew pretty good, but it was, you know, you were three feet limited with the cord. So, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he played around with that. And then I think the first, first heli he flew was my logo 400. So, and, uh, you know, just hovering around, that was it. Just sitting there hovering, 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 hovering sideways, hovering the other sideways, you know, and he Mm -hmm. would just spend hours at it, you know, and then flew my 500 SE, which was a 600, um, flew my, I have a fly barred, uh, what do I got downstairs? A Herobo Skidoo, I think it is. Flew that for a couple of years. Um. And then flew my 700, my extreme. So, and then from once he got to the 700, he was pretty much doing some upside down stuff and all that. So little little bits. And then he he started more with the 3D stuff. So, and and then from there it was like just man, holy crap! Every weekend was a new maneuver. It was like (laughs) it was like you're not even you're not even like on the simulator. He goes, Nah, I was watching YouTube. I saw so and so do. I saw Jamie Robertson do this, and I I figured, let me try it. You know, and he, and he just, and he just, he just does it. Just, <laughs> wow. And, and I'm telling you, he just, he, when he, when he went out to do it, it was like, Jesus, you, it's like you've did it a thousand times. And it was all, it was all, he could look at the heli and just knew what he had to move that stick to, to finish it or, or straighten it out or righten it because of all that previous shit that he did. Yeah. So, yeah. It's yeah. crazy how fast these kids pick it up. I mean, an 11 year old won the, uh, what was it? expert class at global 3d last week 11 yeah yep. so the only thing that the only thing that i i really stressed teaching him was keeping the helicopter away because the young kids have no clue what spinning blades can do yeah, yeah. totally they don't understand inertia they don't they, they don't understand that they see it as a it's a it's a toy and look what i do when i move the sticks like this you know um and so 
when I see the real young kids, like when when Justin was it Justin Chi was flying big, he was out at all our fun flies and everything, and he yeah. was a, he was a really incredible pilot, but he was like on that edge the whole time and getting so close. And his dad would yell at him, you know, like, back up, back up, get away, get away, back up. And, you know, over time, you know, he had an incident where, where he hit somebody and, um, and then he was gone. Nowhere to be found. So he's just stopped flying. So, you know, you try to teach him what it can do. Like in a crash, you know, you, you, I'd take him out there and be like, look, spinning blades don't look like they have all this power, but there's a massive amount of stored power in those blades. And yeah. look, 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 look what it did when it hit this tree or look what it did when it hit the fence or look even just hitting the ground, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Look at the um, big mess. I took a main shaft that I had crashed. Okay. That was bent over probably 30 degrees. And we came back to the house and I took a brand new main shaft and I took a sledgehammer and I said, try to bend that shaft like, like that other one. And he couldn't do it. He goes, I can't believe the helicopter can bend it like that, but I can't with an eight pound sledgehammer. I'm like, yeah, that's how much you know, how much power's stored, you know? So. Uh, you got to respect it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you see the, and the young kids, they're incredible flyers, but they, you know, I get cautious because they, you know, they just don't know what's in that thing. <laughs> so, so yeah, there, there's right. my, there's my safety tip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think we might be pushing the safety discussion to another episode at this point because yeah. it's just too good to stop. But yeah, yeah. Um, I hear you. Keep going, keep going. Ask away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but no, like that's the thing I struggle with. My son is like fear of the helicopter because he has none. And yeah, you know, yes. I brought my kids to Heli X, and they just get excited by what other people are into. And somebody crashed, you know, at the fun fly, and they saw a bunch of adults running out to the helicopter. And they just took a diagonal bead to run out. And I'm like, no, no stop. Because yeah, they're like, yeah. you know, running through the corner of somebody's box. And you're yeah. like, like, they just have no fear. Yep. Um, that, yeah. That's hard to teach. And they, but, and they won't for a while. They won't till, you know, till teenager, maybe, maybe not even then, maybe even a little bit older. You know, Devin's a, uh, an engineering student and working on machinery. So at this point in his life, he's got a respect for that stuff, you know, but till he yeah. was probably, 14 or 15 in uh in the tech school you know i don't think he really quite fully understood what that stuff can do yeah so um sometimes yeah you know, sometimes it takes it hitting you know hitting a uh, an easy up or or you know blasting through a tree or something like that and then you go look at it and you're like wow look at the dents in the tree it's like yeah <laughs> you know? so, yeah totally yeah it's crazy so <laughs> powerful shit <laughs> yeah and here's another really important question that i'm asking for a friend um how do you teach your son the cost to crash a helicopter without your wife finding out yeah you, <laughs> yeah no you don't <laughs> you, you don't they you know you might you might think you're putting one pastor but she knows <laughs> yeah, they, they always know. She knows. All you, all, you know, all they got to do is look at what you got, look at the name of it, okay, and do a quick Google search, and you're done. Yeah, <laughs> you're done. <laughs> <laughs> so that thing's two thousand dollars. Like, well, no, that's actually three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the airframe. I mean, that's yeah, that's you what know, it costs. Yeah, 
Yeah. So they, they, they know my buddy, Mike, that passed away had seven T-Rex 500s and uh, yeah. actually, fi- actually 550Es, all identical, right down to the wire type position and everything. And he used to tell his wife that, oh, you know, the guys are buying bigger helis and they give these to me when he was buying them. <laughs> and, you know, after he passed away, I, I do a lot of stuff for, for his family and everything because he asked me to kind of watch over him. He died of pancreatic cancer. And uh, before he passed away, he was like, you know, can you, can you kind of help her out and everything and all this stuff? And I was like, yeah, 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 no problem. Don't worry about it. And we were uh, over there and uh, I was doing a hot water heater for her. And she looks at me, she goes, you, know, you do realize that I know exactly what he paid for all those hellies, right? And I was like, oh yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know. That's great. So, you know, it's, so you're not putting anything past him. Uh, <laughs> so, but uh, they're, they're, honestly, 40 years in this, in this hobby, and there is stuff that I've done that I've spent way more money on. Way more. So this is this is cheap. Yeah. Even if you calculate in a few crashes here and there, it's it's a very inexpensive hobby in the long run. You yeah. Know? So and it's yeah. yeah the cheapest you'll pay for mental health care. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. No. No doubt. No doubt. So yeah. So Nick, yeah. I think the the appropriate question to ask to see if you can get an answer is how do you appropriately social engineer your wife into agreeing with all these purchases? Well, that's um, easy for me. My wife loves to travel, which is very expensive. So if you say yes yeah. to her so travel, the then there's just, you know, it's all in trade. So it's all yeah. in There you go. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, in this hobby, uh, my wife hates this hobby. So, and uh, she hates it because of the experience that we had um, with the airplane guys. So, um, uh, yeah. And that, that stems from uh, uh, me being an officer in, a cl- in, in one of the clubs and, and things getting really ugly. And, um, so she absolutely hates it. She shouldn't because it was a planker thing. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, um, drama. and she has never met really any of the heli guys. She doesn't go to events. She has seen Devin fly personally once. So, and looked at it and went, mm, whatever. Mm, so, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that, that, that that's, that's kind of unfortunate because, you know, she, he got his job because of, of, of the heli, you know, hobby, yeah, the passion. Um, yeah. all, all that stuff. I mean, literally got everything that he's doing right now with, with the company paying for college and sending him away and making the money he's making and all that all stemmed from flying. So when yeah, he, that's, that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. When he did the interview for this, uh, he didn't real. I don't think he realized who he was talking to and they asked him what he did for fun. And he goes, I'm the U S pro pilot for Oxy links. And they're like, what's that all about? He goes, well, we do all the research and the, and the testing on new products before people get it and everything. And here he's, he's, he's interviewing for a job about diagnosing and installing million dollar machinery all over the world. All over the world. Yeah. So it was like the, the perfect lead in. And he, he thought he was just having a conversation with somebody. So yeah, that was pretty pretty cool. Yeah. 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 It was kind of crazy. (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, my wife doesn't see it that way. She's like, yeah, 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 right. And I'm like, yeah, it's written right there. It's like, look at it. <laughs> so you're, uh, but I don't know. So wow. not to, not to mention all the people. I mean, th- think of it. You wouldn't, if it wasn't for the hobby, you guys wouldn't know each other. None of us would. Yeah, I mean, that's very true. 
where I mean, our paths could have crossed in other ways, but probably not. So yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, for me, it's it's how I found community after moving to Atlanta. Right. Like yeah. running around with all my work travel, I wasn't meeting anybody and making local friends, but through the heli hobby, I now have a great network of friends here in Atlanta. So. Yeah, exactly. And my my, I mean, my heli friends, and I reciprocate it back to them. I, I'd do anything for them. Whatever, yeah. whatever. I mean, if you called me at two o'clock in the morning and, you know, I need bail money, I'd be like, all right, where are you? <laughs> yeah. get you. Good to know. <laughs> you know, I might, I, might, I, might, I might draw the line at going to Atlanta, but, <laughs> but I could make a phone call to some people that I know. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's <laughs> so, funny. Oh, man. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's crazy. All right. Okay, what else? Well, so, if there's one thing I'm sure your wife, knows and appreciates it's the the bond between you and and devon i'm sure that's developed through the hobby so yeah yep, yeah yeah so yep yeah to a point to a point where she's like you're going flying again jesus you just, <laughs> yeah. but you got to remember when we well, i mean we fly a lot man i mean yeah 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 we were scheduled to go to 13 events this year so that changed a little bit because of his travel being away all summer but we're right, still right. we're still gonna probably hit ten events, so that's pretty nice. good. that's pretty good. That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun. So it's been a it's been a blast watching him, you know, progress and grow up with this, and you know, to kind of sit back and watch him interact with everybody, and you know, the 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 guys that are my age asking him for advice, you know, all that. It's yeah. it's, it's pretty yeah. cool. So that's got to be pretty rad. As a dad, I'm a dad yeah. of my kids just about to turn 17 and he's starting to become a pretty well-equipped young man you know what i'm saying and yep. so i kind of get yep. that and he's not into helis really or anything but um as as far as watching a son blossom that's pretty rad that's yeah yeah so it's and you yeah. see both sides of it you know you see the good stuff and then you see the daisies and asshole so so it's like what'd you do that for it's like i don't know okay don't do it again <laughs> so, uh, all right last question before we should probably wrap things up go for it all right scale of one to ten how mad do you get if you listen to the podcast when we make fun of devin nah i don't know at, at first i thought dan was kind of skeevy with the van thing <laughs> <laughs> i'll admit i'm on team skeevy yeah, yeah. Like, i don't know this is going weird yeah you know with with the, the candy and everything but it was like then i met him and i was like all right well he's just like that mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, no. um no you, you know what he can give it back as much as as you give out so um i actually laugh about mo just about all of it so yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we give Devin no. a hard time, but we love him yep. around here. So yep. we're pretty thankful. Yeah, and, and he knows. I tell everybody, it's like, listen, the day I talk to you, really nice, look out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> look out, it's coming. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but now nah, that stuff doesn't bother me at all. I I'll, I'll be driving along for work and I'll be just laughing, and people are probably looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with him? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm listening to a podcast. It's like, what, what? <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well man. that's awesome man that's cool listen mctoon rob i totally appreciate you coming on oh um, yeah you know i was dude, we could we could talk about this shit all night long uh, sure. uh, yeah yeah, yeah you, sure. you don't want to there'd be a lot of people falling asleep already 
<laughs> so I'll be like, okay. But if you want to talk more, you know, he's not back till August, so I got time. <laughs> Absolutely. We want to we want to pick your brain on engine tuning. See if we can teach some more people and me. I just use this podcast to learn shit I want to learn. So yeah, well, go. that's that's what they're all about. You want to hear what other people have done, uh, hopefully, so they don't do it. Um, <laughs> and then uh, right. and maybe pick out you know one or two nuggets out of it and say, holy shit, that actually helped. You know, yeah. so or the other way around, boy, that guy's full of shit. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you never know so <laughs> well if, if there's one thing i've learned in the hobby it's that you want to listen to the guys that everybody says you should listen to so when like a million different people say listen to this guy you should probably listen to him and you were definitely one of those people it, uh, it, it was a bit of a, a legend inside our hobby yeah it's just it's you know what it is it's just there's no uh replacement for the experience um yeah you know and and again like i said before i did not do everything right oh my god we made you know so many mistakes along the way but now it's like i can see somebody going down that rabbit hole and going don't do that <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, stay away from that so don't use that product don't use this or use that or use or do this with it you know so it's crazy so. yeah and then they get all stubborn and they do what they want to do anyway and you're like well you'll be back in a week when such and such happens <laughs> yeah yeah right. you know and sometimes they come back and they're like what a piece of shit and it's like no it's it did that because of what you did you know so don't yeah. don't do that again you know <laughs> so Fair enough. it's crazy so we've got we've got a guy in the club that has now plugged his batteries in eight times backwards how do you do that eight times i i have no idea great guy he's just learning how to fly helis um great jet pilot great he flies these massive sailplanes and uh he has plugged his batteries in and turned his fingers into charcoal eight times so like once i get twice maybe but even a third time i don't understand yep and he's not he doesn't have them wired weird or nothing he just just why don't you know? he just like buy a connector that where that's impossible yeah, you know, there's. You, you, did you ever see people that you, you know you they have something that there's no way you can do that, but yet they do it. Yeah, yeah. Then that's yeah. just yeah, it's just crazy. <laughs> he just did. He just did it a couple weeks ago, and I was like, I was like, what the hell? And then my friend uh, Kevin says to him, he goes, you know, Dave. He goes, that's the eighth time you've done that. And he goes, yeah, I know. I'm like, well, st <laughs> well stop doing that. <laughs> like at some point it's got to become unpleasant, right? And you'd yeah. Like, you'd think you'd be motivated to not and do that. Let me That's tell you crazy. what, I, the way his fingers looked, I had alcohol, <clears throat> I, I had alcohol wipes with me and I, I, we like gently wiped his fingers off and, and they, and they were fine. But I thought we were taking it to the hospital. It looked, oh, they, man. they looked like, you ever see the hot dogs when you burn the ends? Oh yeah, and the skin is like all peeling and everything. It, they it, they look oh. like oh, it was like oh my god, you know. So I mean, and not to mention what it did to the connector. Holy mackerel! Yeah. So yeah, arc welding. Everybody who's listening, please be careful. <laughs> 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 uh, battery safety to the safety topic list. <sighs> yeah, man, those the batteries. Oh man, lots of power. Lots of yeah. power. Yep, it's like spinning blades. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I've welded cool. many a connector myself, I know. Yep. Yeah, I, I did that once. I did that once, and, and, and I had never done it again. So, but, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I guess I grew up in the industry professionally dealing with massive amounts of power, like 400 amp three-phase systems and, you know, 
large power distribution, temporary power distribution systems. So I got mad respect for electricity. I work in the I, I work in the power industry and I shoot off fireworks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I do something stupid twice, I'm usually dead the second time. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So that once once one and done, that's it. You know. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're racking in a 4160 breaker. Um, you don't make a mistake because you're not there afterwards. Yeah. So, you know, it's like crazy. I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's another, that's another podcast story. Yeah. <laughs> Fast forward to 2040 when the helis are like 85 volts on there. It's just like, psh. oh, that's the way it's going to go. Cause they all, everybody wants more power, more power, you know, bigger, yeah, yeah. bigger, bigger motors, bigger ESCs, bigger batteries, you know? Um, it's just more opportunity for it to go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy wrong. Cool. Wait, cool, right. man. So. Well, let's wrap this one up, man. But, uh, we would love to have you as long as Devin's out or even when he comes back, you should come on too. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, you know, I, I told, That'd be fun. I told Dan when he was going, I said, Hey, you know, he's got, he's probably not going to be on for a while cause he's just working till seven o'clock at night. And by the time he's done working, he's, he's finished, you know? Um, I said, I'll, I'll come on and tell you bad stories. I'm looking forward to hearing more of them, man. <laughs> That's cool. I'm a wealth, wealth of useless information. So use me. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the theme of our podcast. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. There you, yeah, there you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's, oh. That's too funny. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it up. Let's do some emails. Uh, so Dan, I, I know when Dan edits this, he's going to be pissed. He was not here and missed this. Oh, really? Uh, this is yeah. definitely the kind of episode he would love. Um, that's cool. But, uh, if you want to send Dan a, uh, hope your week of medical disasters is over and you're feeling better email, you can hit him at Dan at RCHNV3.com or on Facebook at Dank Reed. Uh, you can hit me at Nick Wisdom at rchnv3.com or on Facebook at Nick Wisdom RC. Devin is available at Devin at rchnv3.com or on Facebook. Scott at Scott at rchnv3.com. Man, nobody's here this Nobody, week. Nobody, yeah. all the emails. <laughs> Damn. Uh, Toon, if somebody I am, wants to get a I hold am, of you. I am not available at rchnv3.com. <laughs> so, best places reach out to me on Facebook. So that's the easiest. So, right. you know, I, I answer that left and right. So I'm unless it's a dangerous question then i won't answer <laughs> right on and uh so if it's about like how to do at home fireworks um oh man we just we just had a guy do home fireworks on a lake by us on a barge and he's in bad shape he's in really bad Ooh. shape yeah the, oh no yeah the, the the fireworks went up all at once and took three people off the barge and burnt him pretty bad so yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Yikes. I guess they were thinking, right, you know, do it over water. If something goes in, jump in the water. But I guess they didn't jump. Yeah. So but yeah. do it over water, but don't be on the barge. Don't do it on, from yeah. land. Exactly. Exactly. So one thing you have to remember as a fireworks technician, I tell everybody this. If you see me running, try to keep up. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's good. <yep>. Yeah. <laughs> that was the same piece like the closest I've ever been to a fireworks show, working in a job where literally the pyro guys were directly behind us. Yeah. And we were asking, like, and we were maybe a hundred feet from the stuff going off, some of the effects. And, uh, 
that's what the guy said we said is there anything we need to know safety wise at any point during the show he was like yeah if i run keep up, keep up. yep <laughs> yep keep up don't fall behind so it's yeah. like okay good to know <laughs> oh that's uh, that's funny we say that all the time so. yeah I, I think y'all just enjoy making that joke everywhere you go oh yeah everywhere so because the people look at us when we're shooting these fireworks and they're like you guys are nuts it's like yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah I mean, it's pretty tightly controlled. If you know what you're doing and everything's wired correctly, it'll be fine. But yeah, well, a lot of the stuff we do hand we hand light it. So you're right there. You're two feet away. Oh, from, you're two feet away from the tube when it's coming out. So yikes! Yeah, no, thanks. Yeah, and it takes a special kind of stupid to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and and Rob, where can we meet? Where can we reach you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, the uh, proper way to do it this week is by offering a little assistance to our good friend, Dank Reed. Um, but you have to do it um, uh, with a fairly, uh, a fairly exciting entry. What you have to do is you have to rent a helicopter and a guy with a bungee cord set up and bungee jump out of the helicopter um, with a liter bottle of grapefruit juice. But on the way down, you got to attempt to write your message on there before you get down to maximum stretch. And you want to do this bungee cord right over his house. That way, once you're done writing the message, you can stretch down and just set it down right on the hood of his car. And in the morning, when he wakes up off of his oxy trip and he has this horrible hangover, he'll be thankful that there's some grapefruit juice to drink. And while he's drinking that, he'll see there's a message on there and read it. And maybe he'll be um, with it enough to email it to me and tell me what it is, um, and I'll get back to you. Um, but if you're afraid of heights, or you're allergic to grapefruit juice, or your Sharpie's all dried up from all the other attempts, you could just email me at rob at rchnv3.com. Uh, hit me up on Facebook at NextGenRCFB, um, Instagram at NextGenRC, and YouTube.com slash NextGenRC. All right, this has been episode 46. Hanging with McToon. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And uh, hopefully we'll have uh, just about the whole gang with uh, and new Devin next week. And new Devin. Yes. <laughs> Crack a lacking. <laughs> so, boom. My English is better. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> Boy, that guy. Boy, was he mad. Was he ridiculous? Was he really? Oh, man. That's going in the end. Oh, like, he, he got even madder when he realized that none of us agreed with him. We were like, shut up. <laughs> How dare you? Anyway, I digress. That's enough of that. <laughs>